Hello everybody and welcome once again to Double Oz 7, a James Bond podcast. The only James Bond podcast in the world that can lay claim to murdering an actor that played (laughs) James Bond. That is right, we are the podcast that the last time we did a commentary said that wouldn't it be a shame when one of these James Bond actors dies? 48 hours later, Roger Moore had died. So if you're a fan of Sean Connery, George Lazenby, Timothy Dalton, Pierce Brosnan, or Daniel Craig, be prepared for one of them to be dead in the next 48 hours. Uh, My name is Ben, and uh, you can't catch me alive, police! And my name is Colin, and I'd rather slip my wrist than talk about Spectre again, but Skyfall, on the other hand... (laughs) Yes, that's right. We're doing the first... Of the back-to-back Daniel Craig movies beginning with S. That is uh, Skyfall. It's kind of actually confusing sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> like, I think I accidentally went to put Spectre on. Uh, and then I was like, <laughs> oh, hang on, I'm in it, wrong one. That would have been a bit I... awkward if we had been like going like, oh, I love this opening sequence in Mexico. And you'd be like, but they're on the train. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. We've obviously uh, done a bit on Skyfall. and Not as much as Spectre. Clearly, we're probably going to do that as our last commentary because we've talked about it so darn much. Um, but I mean, I don't think we really give too many thoughts about the film before we start these commentaries, do we, Colin? We, we've we've done a three-hour episode on this before, so anything you want to say about Skyfall before we get straight into this? Um, just along the lines of what you said about you know <laughs> killed James Bond. Uh, I just want people to know that this episode is being recorded. Uh, what do we want to call this? The tenth. <laughs> Of July, let's say, and wouldn't it be great if Daniel Craig was recast for one <laughs> final James Bond after Spectre? <laughs> I'm thinking to myself a second ago, like, hang on a minute, how slow are the calendars in Winnipeg this week? <laughs> um, but then I realised you were trying to tell a joke, and ha ha, I get it. Um, no, joke. Yes. <laughs> it's not. It's not official, though, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> I, he, his casting is official, so I'm sure oh, we'll it talk is, about it that. It is, one. is it? Oh wow, yeah. good to see we did a breaking news episode. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Double or seven, the only James Bond podcast that kills actors and doesn't talk about them being recast. This is uh, like when you don't realize some of these actors have been dead for twenty years. <laughs> I didn't realize you're gonna he died. Be, you died. You're going to be telling me that like Javier Bardem died like a year ago, and I didn't even realize or something like that. And if he dies don't by the time we've released this episode, we didn't do it, people. All right, but sorry, yeah. Javier. Just uh, shut up, Ben, and get on with the movie. <laughs> Uh, ben Wishaw dies. That won't be a problem. All uh, right, now, uh, now Noah's not on this episode, so he can't agree with that. If if you've never listened to one of our commentaries before, it's quite simple. This episode is best listened to watching Skyfall. We will count you in in just a second. Now, cue up the beginning of the eye that zooms in on the lion. It's it's 2012. People, they get fancy with the lion now. 
Um, so when we count you in, we'll say three, two, one, duh, um, and you can press play on that. Is that a appropriate countdown? Do you feel good? All right, I'm glad. Um, it's, um, Wait, are we back? You know. Cut out there for probably a minute and a half straight, and I just kept. Oh, did I? I, I I heard you perfectly fine. It's just I kind of tried to say something and you went quiet, so I thought you'd like died or something <laughs> okay. like that. I, I'm killing our podcast host now. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I was saying, I was saying that on the I, I will count down three, two, one, duh, and yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, and then we'll we'll press play. So okay. yes, listening at home, make sure you got Skyfall. If you don't, you can still listen to us, but it won't make as much sense. All right, let's let's do this. It's Skyfall time. Three, two, one. No. <laughs> oh, mine's a few seconds behind now. <laughs> it's delayed, presumably. It's all right. As we worked out with Region 4 and Region 1, uh, <laughs> it'll catch up eventually. It oh, still how, seems weird to me. I, that, I just that want, the, hold on, this, before you even start oh, here, uh-oh. Uh, did you notice how, I don't know, oversaturated the lion is in the logo here? Yeah, he's a little bit... Um, they've, they've upped the contrast a little bit over at Sony, I feel. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say, I still find it weird to see the Columbia logo uh, coming after. Where's the, where's the gun barrel? Oh, you got to love this Day of the Dead festival. Oh, it's so good, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> he looks really fat in the shadow when he's further away there, and he just slowly gets trim and muscular. <laughs> he just he loses weight. <laughs> oh, this is the last time we won't see the gun barrel. Ah, oh, good. Well, on the beginning. Sorry. Well, yes. <laughs> Shut we, up, we Colin. Don't see it. It's not like we see it in every scene. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's Bond 25 celebrating the history of the franchise with a gun barrel every scene. Money Penny shaving Bond. Da 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 da. Who says this is my first time? Oh, Mr. Bond. Oh, he's dead. Oh, no. not jaw's him. still moving. <laughs> he just gets completely forgotten about, though, doesn't he? Didn't we? What's his name again? I don't even remember. Is it? It's not Mitchell, is it? No, Mitchell's a different movie, right? I probably should t- turn subtitles on. And what are they saying right now? Eb is such a bitch. Leave him! <laughs> Shouldn't say that about the Bond girl in this film. Which? There was a Bond girl? M. M, that's right. M the Bond girl. <laughs> I mean, we've got to say, this is like, you know, it straight away, we're straight into this already. I mean, this is just a James Bond movie that's just started. There's no setup at all, basically. It's like, cool, dead body, get in the car. We're going. Now, uh, does it bother you at all that he's dressed? Like, I feel like he should be sweating his balls off right now in that suit. (laughs) James Bond doesn't sweat. Well, we see him, you know, in all the other locations, at least in the first two, uh, the Casino Royale and Quantum Assault. And he's always in, like, you know, T-shirts and everything. And here he just overdresses for the occasion. Well, I mean... (laughs) I've never really paid much attention to that, but I'm glad that we have someone here who's worried about his perspiration. I don't know. It's <laughs> he just uses a very good deodorant. 
Yeah, it's very hot in Winnipeg, and I'd like to get some of Bond's deodorant because it's not working for me. I do love the the knocking the mirrors off. It's all right. Yeah. I wasn't using that. I wasn't using that one either. Now, here's here's a kind of odd question. When you watched this movie, because when I saw it the first time, I mean, I think most people suspected she may have ended up as Money Penny. You know, there were even rumors when Naomi Harris was first cast. They flat out said, "Oh, yeah, she's playing Money Penny." Oh no, no, sorry, not Money Penny, Eve. <laughs> you confuse those names all the time. But when you watch this movie now, for the majority of this movie, do you picture her as Money Penny or do you picture her as Eve? Uh, I picture her as Money Penny. Um, I don't see her as th- Money Penny. Well, see, I think I was the one who was most critical about her being Money Penny, wasn't I? Like, I don't know. I just. I don't really like the whole backstory of Money Penny being this, like, awesome agent and then having to be relegated well, to a, a secretary. I think the point is she's not an awesome agent. She can't even drive properly. <laughs> well, I mean, she's still an agent. <laughs> Bond right there just kind of like, women drivers. <laughs> yeah, this was, like, 1960s. <laughs> it would have been. I don't know. It's just- but uh, I don't know. I just still, I don't, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of her being money. Like, it's nothing It's Naomi Harris as the actress. I mean, it's, I'm not a huge fan of how they do this and then we find out she's Money Penny. That's what I guess I'm not a fan of. Yeah, well, I, I think it's a good idea for the story. It's just I have a hard time even now picturing, like, when I'm watching this movie, I still see her as Eve and it's only in that last scene where I'm like, oh, hey, it's Money Penny, which is kind of weird because you know she is Money Penny. But, but I, I, didn't, I didn't dislike Naomi Harris in this movie. As no, I don't dislike Naomi Harris. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I'm Spectre. I like, I love Naomi Harris. She's she's maybe my favorite Money Penny, at least for an individual performance in Spectre. But it's just I have a harder time in this one. I I still don't say she's my favorite uh, Money Penny, but like I still, yeah, I, I I mean, I have nothing against the actress in general. I just I'm not necessarily a huge fan of what they do with the character. But I mean, it's like I I realize what they do with the whole reveal and everything, and how you know it's like plot twist, like you know she's Money Penny. But, I mean, are we led to believe that how long have these two been working together and in no way have they ever exchanged, like, their full names? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it takes him that long for well, him to find out his last name. Like, does he just... Does she just call him James for this whole movie? Oh, it's Bond, by the way. Oh, you're James. Oh, okay, got it. I was going to say they should be 007, because that is his yeah. code name, but nobody confers him as 007. What, what's her code name? Like, 00 Secretary or something? I, I don't know. I think it's Eve. <laughs> <laughs> Double O Eve. You know, it's it's, it's like, you know, we're, we're going to just nitpick shit because we're assholes. But, like, I mean, isn't it amazing in these films how the public can always just get out of the way in time? Like, I mean, I'm sure if this is real life, like, probably about 30 people in that market probably just got died. <laughs> got died. Got killed. <laughs> got died. <laughs> got died. I'm not died in this opening sequence. <laughs> yes. um, this is going to be a weird reference, but uh, I remember as a teenager, this is like... Pre, I think, like, the original Grand Theft Auto was out, but before, like, Grand Theft Auto 3 really broke through, the craziest game I ever played was there was a um, a collection of the Die Hard trilogy of video games mm, on, I yep, think it was yep. PS2. And yep. Die Hard with a Vengeance, you're basically just driving a cab around the city, and it was the first time I ever played a video game where you could crash into somebody, and it's like, they would just splatter on your windshield. Yeah, yeah. And that's what, when you say that, that's what I always picture as Die Hard, just <laughs> killing people. You know, it's even worse about the Grand Theft Auto. I mean, I, I absolutely love them. If we ever did a video game arm of the Oz Network, we're doing Grand Theft Auto to death because, like, I'm obsessed with Grand Theft Auto. But, like, I love it basically since GTA Five went to, like, PS4 and, like, Xbox One, how they had the first-person viewpoint and you can just mow down people in Los Santos first-person <laughs> view. 
It's um, it's strangely addicting. Uh, it's probably not a good thing to admit, but <laughs> I, I I just thought it was funny when you said the Oz Network video game. I thought we were going to be the video game. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that would be a terrible game. Oh, how do I close this podcast? I don't have a closing line. Triangle, square, square. <laughs> Find the extra closing line. <laughs> that joke failed because Colin didn't hear it because there was lag. Quickly fix the lag. Press X. <laughs> Casper's crying in the background. <laughs> oh, my favorite part of the whole movie is coming up. What, when he throws the gun away? <laughs> oh, that's right. When he looks over his shoulder, yeah! <laughs> no, it's, it's still like a minute or two away, but I, I don't want to miss the when he drops into the train car. All right. That they goon, the, the henchman guy there, really looks like Matthew Fox from Lost. He does a little bit, yeah. Now, the, the, the big, like again, we really need to stop being so nitpicky because this is an awesome scene. This is oh, not yeah. taking away from how awesome this is, but I mean, this is Turkey, right? Do people in Turkey just not give a shit that this is like train <laughs> driving through their city with gunfight and Volkswagen Beetles flying everywhere? Where's Karen Bay right now? Yeah. <laughs> it's just uh, Turkey's a different country. This just happens every day. <laughs> It is funny, though, because when I first saw this, I'm not saying that I had any issues with the opening sequence, but it wasn't like I was wowed to the point of this is the greatest opening sequence I've ever seen. It was sort of like, yeah, that was good. But yeah, every agree. time I watch it, I'm like, man, every shot in this is amazing. I always forget about them riding the motorbikes on top of the, the roofs, too. And you watch it, and you're like, wow, this is a fantastic, but it doesn't really ever stand out. If I think about like the greatest opening sequences... You know, I'm probably thinking about the Spy Who Loved Me and Spectre and Golden Eye. This one doesn't come up at all. I may even think about Octopussy, but I mean, this really is amazing. Here's your scene when he's about to jump in and the, the casual oh, yeah. passenger. This, this is a thing. This is a passenger train as well. I mean, <laughs> are you not shitting yourself if there's all this gunfire ahead of you and he just drops in and adjusts himself and like, oh Somebody's yeah, Grandma's actually scraped out with the rest of the roof here. <laughs> <laughs> I know I mentioned this in uh, the episode we did, but this moment when it was played just in trailers, every time I saw that trailer, people applauded. Just yeah, that one moment I mean, where he drops in. It's it's the it's the it's the cuff adjust as well. Like that's yeah. that's what sells it. Like I mean, that's like you know, world is not enough. You know, one of my favorite scenes is when he's under the water and he adjusts his tie. Like you know, yeah, you've exactly. got to. That's Bond. Bond needs mm-hmm. to do a little bit of like a oh, you know got to adjust my suit and that when going back to what you're saying about like sweating like is that going to work if he's in a t-shirt like oh wrinkle in my shirt <laughs> what would he do oh i've got a wedgie oh <laughs> pulls his undies out of his ass <laughs> fruit of the loom on the back of his waistband <laughs> what kind of underwear do you think james bond wears Ah, oh, definitely a thong. Uh, <laughs> tidy whities Has James... There's a question. Has James Bond ever appeared just in his underwear? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I can only think of... I mean, it was his Speedos in Casino Royale. So, I mean, that memory's in our, mem- our mind. But, yeah, I, d- I don't know. I, I think of towels and stuff like that. Just once I want to see what Bond wears for underpants. <laughs> Bond goes commando. <laughs> and of course, we're probably like looking like complete fools because I guarantee you the five minutes from now when he wakes up in Mexico, we see him, his tidy whiteies. 
<laughs> now, the, the biggest thing I don't get about this sequence is like, you know, the take the shot, take the shot. Okay, so, but like, does Bond, if she shoots successfully Matthew Fox, like, and, it, and, <laughs> and, and if he doesn't. Over. Yeah, <laughs> true. And if he doesn't have the hard drive, like, what happens? Because they clearly can't find Bond's body. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I mean, either way, this is like a no. It's like, wouldn't they just, shouldn't they just let him fight still? Here's a question for you. Did you, I know we both have the 007 Legends video game. At least for mine, for the Xbox, you had to download the Skyfall level because it came out yeah. like right at Skyfall. Did you ever play the Skyfall level? I never did. No, no, I haven't. Okay. I'm curious about whether it's just this because, you know, the game kind of starts and the idea is that when he's in the water coming up here after this shot, it's sort of him flashing back to all these other missions of Moonraker, Honor, Magic Secret Service, Goldfinger. Yeah, no, and die another day, of course. Uh, no, I haven't. No, I never played that one either. <laughs> I haven't. No, I haven't seen. I haven't played that one. I just, I just don't get why she has to take the shot. <laughs> uh, the, 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 I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's James it's Bond. Her. Let him do his thing. Well, At what point have they never Bond... trusted him before? <laughs> no, think about it. You know how Bond needed two kills to become a double O. You know, this was Money Penny's first. <laughs> And you get you get a bonus one for killing a double O. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But because he didn't end up dead, they demoted her to secretary. Now we understand. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Solved the plot. Now we get dramatic M staring at window <laughs> with rain. <laughs> how the world rain James Bond Bond movies either. This no, is another observation. Now how does he survive that? I mean, I know he's James Bond, but come on. <laughs> this man has done it all, okay? Adele oh, clearly saves still, him. I, I know I've mentioned this uh, pretty much every time we talk about Skyfall, but I went into this not wanting to hear the theme song after being disappointed with Die Another Day, Casino Royale a little bit, and then uh, the Quantum of Solace. So I didn't even know what this song was. Like I knew it was Adele. I knew the song was going to be called Skyfall, but I didn't even hear it. And it, it just completely blew me away. The only time in my life I can say I like an Adele song, so, yeah. And I ranked it, I think I ranked it as number one for Bond You did, number one, I believe, yeah. I was actually literally just pulling that up. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I think I've said it before. As soon as I heard she was singing it, I'm like, I'm done, I'm out, I'm quitting James Bond, this (laughs) shit, I'm not not fucking doing it. But, you know, you hear the song and it's like, well, you know, you can't not like it. Yeah. It's... I mean, it. Look, I guess. The, imagine the public reaction if they said Justin Bieber was doing a Bond song and then he pulled out something like this. You'd be like, "Well, okay." Well, I think most <laughs> of us lived through that when they said Madonna will do die hey. another day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just a song that does give you it gives you chills. It really does. It can you yeah you put it at number one, but it came in at fourth overall uh, on an average. Because uh, I put it at seven and Noah put it at six. I thought I put it higher than that. Oh well, whatever. Oh, there's the sand dunes. <laughs> <laughs> They're back. Still battling them. <laughs> They're haunting poor bombs. Now here's did we here's a did we rank? Th- oh yeah, you go, you go. Uh, now that it's, I, I'm not going to say confirm, but like the strong rumor is that Adele is going to do the theme for Bond 25, which of course. Originally, Daniel Craig announced Adele was going to be back for 
what is now Spectre. I was thinking about say Daniel Craig was announced as doing yeah. the song. <laughs> Daniel Craig. <laughs> this is Bond. Bond gets meta. The, the, the actors start singing the song. <laughs> but do you think that this... Because you said that this is the only... I could probably think of maybe two or three Adele songs that are somewhat decent. But do you think that this song is a fluke? Can you picture her following this up in any way? Uh, yeah, I can. Um, my problem with... And it's not just because it's Adele. I mean, I would have the same problem if, funnily enough, even if they said they got Madonna again, which, of course, they never would. Like, I mean, I, I don't really necessarily think it's a good thing that they have to use someone again, you know what I mean? I'd much rather hear someone new and much rather hear a new take on it. Like, We've got you know, Smith. <laughs> well, it's... I, I don't know. It's just... It's true, but, I mean, it's... I mean, I know Shirley Bassey obviously struck you know, lightning twice, not three times, but twice. (laughs) (laughs) But, and nearly four times if she had done quantum, but it's, I don't know, like, it just sometimes feels that like, yeah, you, you can, you can really hit the mark with something, but you do then really risk the, the fact that, well, what if it's not as good? And I don't, I don't know, like, yeah, I see why they're doing it. Um, but it's a kind of a case of if they're doing it based on the success of it, you know, obviously it was the first one to win an Academy Award. I mean, Sam Smith won an Academy Award. Does that mean that we're going to get Sam Smith back for 26? No. Um, so, I don't know. I Personally, I would much rather them use someone new. And again, not just because it's Adele. It's just in general. I would much rather them try someone different. And again, I know you're saying the Sam Smith angle, but, you know, there are other singers out there besides Sam Smith. So Yeah. Well... I, I don't know. We've gone from the Alicia Keys <laughs> <laughs> to Adele to Sam Smith. Uh, well, we we know Alicia Keys can do a good movie song when it's in you know the Amazing Spider-Man two. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, he, here's here's my point of view. I mean, Shirley Bassey. Yeah, I kind of get. You know, it's nice to have somebody new. What if we had never gotten Diamonds Are Forever? You know. And yeah, you could say Moonraker, but like Diamonds Are Forever is it's it's not necessarily Goldfinger, but it's up there. And I'm, I'm going to say this: this is like you know off topic kind of, but uh, well, we're not really. We're talking about Shirley Bassey and Bond themes, but the Quantum <laughs> of Solace song. You know, I heard that song, and I'm like, I don't think this is any better than Another Way to Die. I, it was okay. The more I hear that song, the more I actually really love it, and I think that would have worked great for Quantum of Solace. It's just it takes some getting used to. I think I've only heard it once, and I, I honestly I can't even remember it off the top of my head. Um, it didn't stick with me that well, but um, yeah, like I mean, look, to say what, say what we will. I mean, Adele has a perfect voice for James Bond songs. Mm-hmm. I mean, we heard and it just the there. And the style too, the style is oh, more sure. Bond like. And I mean, that's I guess a, a selling point for Adele is that yeah, her her type of music really is very similar to what you would associate with Bond. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, I mean. That's, I mean, there would be very few singers that you could list, I guess popular singers now, that you could list that would have that style. I mean, I could think of some that they could go for, but it's still a case of either way is a risk. I mean, I guess they're kind of sort of playing it safe. Um, But, I mean, you know, I mean, it it also, I guess, comes down to the the direction of the the film. I mean, would Adele have worked for Spectre? I mean, because I remember there were strong rumours that she was going to be doing the Spectre theme for a while there, wasn't it? So, um, you know, it's kind of... I mean, if the the, song was anything other than Writings on the Wall, yeah. (laughs) I mean, imagine, I mean, if if it was Adele singing Writings on the Wall? (laughs) (laughs) Probably better. (laughs) How do I live? Hello. (laughs) 
<laughs> I, I don't know why she'd say hello, but anyway. <laughs> uh, Voldemort's all... here. Uh... <laughs> now, here's the, the second question. When you watch this, do you see Mallory or do you see M at all? Like, the future M. I, I probably see more Mallory than M because, I mean, it's kind of... Uh, we've still got M, if you know what I mean. M's kind of the position that... I mean, we've seen... We know that M is sort of more a position than a person. Whereas Money yeah. Penny's more a person than a position, so uh, I think I still see him that? as Mallory. Well, <laughs> what I mean... if there's like an ad in the newspaper? It's like <laughs> looking for a part-time assistant Money Penny. <laughs> we should uh, use Urban Dictionary to see what position they put Money Penny in. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I think I see him more as Mallory than an M, kind of on the for, front of what you said before. Yeah, I agree, just because I actually think that that's maybe just Ray Fines because. I remember seeing this opening night and it was crazy how you knew he was going to be M kind of like with money petty. You kind of suspected it. And then that scene where he comes in at the end of the movie, there's something even just about his mannerisms in that scene where before he even says a word, you're like, Oh yeah, that's M. And you know, Ray finds, I think just gets it. Cause he's that good. I, I mean, I went into this maybe similar to what you're saying about the song like i i i had no idea that eve was going to be money penny i i had no I, I hadn't read anything so i didn't know i think i only knew that q was going to be in it um yeah. and i didn't know sort of anything about like ray fines becoming you know Eminem and that sort of stuff so i think kind of yeah i i was unaware of any of that happening so it was all surprises to me really oh um, terror. I just quickly typed in Money Penny to Urban Dictionary and it says, MI6 secretary in the fictional world of James Bond 007. She must have something wrong with her because she's the only woman Bond hasn't slept with. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That would have been controversial too because that's the other thing. Oh, you know, whenever I see this, I always expect your, ah, 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 you didn't say the yeah. magic word. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dennis Nedry. <laughs> the man who created the gif <laughs> is it gif or jif what do you say uh, I, I say gif yeah i say gif but i've heard people say jif I, I don't know what's the correct term why do they drive are they they drive around in jaguars <laughs> great security just let the head of your security just openly walk out of your car when there's a, a threat <laughs> wow there you go I'm just waiting to see a speedboat jump out of it now. Wait, wait, it isn't finished! <laughs> That's my retirement boat! <laughs> oh, now we got to see. Do we see the underwear? <laughs> <laughs> this is what I've been waiting I, for. <laughs> I hope he's not wearing any. <laughs> no, see? Pajama bottoms. And he's drinking a Heineken. Oh, oh no. So controversial. No! <laughs> Not James Bond. Look, his shoes and comforter don't match. This is this is okay. This, can I just say? And again, we've gone over to death about my thoughts on Daniel Craig. But like this, oh. to me, right here is why he isn't a, a, one of my favorite James Bonds because he's. This is again just he oozes sex, and like I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I mean, we'd all go there, but like. We see a scene of him having, like, raunchy sex with this woman, laying there, drinking a Heineken, looking in the mirror. Doesn't say a word. He's just smouldering sex appeal. To me, Bond needs to have a bit of charisma and a bit of charm to him. He's not He's not just a walking man candy. Like, you don't Bond think... is char- charismatic at the same time. Okay, you don't think he showed that with money? 
not money penny <laughs> i'm the money every penny of it with um vesper yeah, but, but i'm talking this scene here like this bit well, right now he doesn't care anymore i mean the guy's lost it but bond doesn't care in other like he didn't care and die another day when he had a beard and was in hong kong <laughs> but he's still trying to hook up with peaceful fountains of desire by talking about a name doesn't just bend her over and give her the beard no he just did that to jinx right <laughs> But they still had their, like, banter back and forth. Like, there, it was oh, just yeah. like, oh, I'm going to do you now. I've got a scorpion on and my And that's own. what we all want out of a movie, is the banter of Bond and Jinx. <laughs> what? Like, Here's the thing. What? This is, I think it comes from not being able to read, because <laughs> 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 this is, like, exactly the way every Bond book starts. Not the early ones, but as the Bond books progress. It would just be this kind of bitter, out-of-shape drunken bond and and he often would sleep with women and not want to talk to them you know this is this is totally something that ian fleming's bond would do that's something pierce Brosnan's bond would do <laughs> pierce Brosnan didn't write the character doesn't matter it's pierce Brosnan. <laughs> true <laughs> that's a good point if he wrote a character it would all read it it could be like the worst character in the world it could be like called sticky mcjohn john and you'd still read it <laughs> sticky mcjohn john I don't know. Would you would you not read a book to Casper by Pierce Brosnan called Sneaky McJohn John? Well, not if he was charming women before he has sex with them. I don't think that would be appropriate. <laughs> where where is he? Do we know what country I don't, he's in? I was about to ask you. I just figure everybody gets CNN apparently. Well, I mean, of course you're in a tiny little beach hut in the middle of fucking the Caribbean where no, you've got scorpion drinking games. Um, what is the point of that game? Like, does everybody just go into that bar and was like, I'm going to put the scorpion on my hand and see if you can drink it? Like, does 30 people die before James Bond gets here? Like, Will you live through your drink? Yeah. <laughs> just just hope you don't get roofied at the same time. <laughs> That's how they roofie people in the Caribbean. <laughs> put this scorpion on your wrist. You will come back to my bungalow tonight. Ah. <laughs> Transylvania and the Caribbean? He's Thomas Bach. Yeah. <laughs> you will host hey, the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> more, more rain in Bond. This movie is full of rain. I'm Let honestly trying to remember. Rain. Well, is there any other Bond movie where we get rain? <laughs> okay, so we're thinking underwear and rain. Uh, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we need to go back and do a rewatch of all the Bond films. We did it wrong with the kiss-kill count. We need to do underwear and rain counts. Look, look. We killed Roger Moore. We're being very tame yeah. in this episode. We don't know what else to say, people. Email us in who you wish for us to kill, and we will talk about them in an episode. Now, once again, we see the great security of M's house. The head yeah. of uh, the British intelligence can easily get her house broken into. Well, her husband's not there to protect her anymore. Yeah. Is this the one we find out he dies, or is that Inspector? Yeah. It's not Inspector, duh. <laughs> She's dead. You remember the Spoiler alert, death she death dies scene. in this movie. What was the famous death scene of Mr. M? <laughs> Bond needs a shave. See, there's your no beard, Ben. There's no <laughs> bushy look, die another day beard, but... He's charming her before he has sex with her. <laughs> this is This really is such a strange Bond film that there really is no Bond girl. Like, I mean, it's just... It's... Mm-hmm. I don't but, know, like, do we I mean, like again, it, though? Like, I mean, I know we're all progressive in the 2010s, whatever we're calling this decade, and, you know, I get it. But, I mean, at the same time, there's always got to be that level of Bond tropes that we've got to be used to, right? 
I mean, I, I, it could go back to like the Moonraker novel, which was the only one that I get. You had a Bond girl in that. You had a main female lead, but he didn't sleep with her because she actually turned him down, basically. Um, but I think what's different about this movie is that we say M is the Bond girl, and I guess that's true. But I don't know. It, it is different from the other movies, so I even have trouble saying that M is the lead Bond girl in this. Here's a question for you. If they had have gone all Spider-Man Homecoming and cast someone like hot as him, like, I don't know, like Marissa <laughs> Tamai, or whatever, like, do you think they would have slept together? <laughs> I was like, Judy Dench isn't hot, but... <laughs> you know, I mean, let's like... be honest. You say that, but Bond and Judy Dench have gotten it on at least once. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Of course they have. Judy, Judy Dench, what, is, what did she say? Like, um, it was in... Was it Gold Knight? I'm trying to think of the Bloody one where she's like, your, <laughs> your charms are not wit or whatever it is and like are lost on me. That's in Gold Knight, right? Uh, when, she, when she's basically saying like your charms and personality are lost on me or something like that. I, but I I'm like the other women. I think you're thinking of Pussy Galore and Goldfinger. No, no, no. It's, it was no, last M, No, M definitely has a line uh, where she said, I'm pretty sure it's Gold Knight, that, you know, misogynist, sexist, dinosaur line. Oh, yeah, maybe. I know but what you know I'm what? Talking they about. still hooked up at the end of the oh, absolutely. scene. Absolutely. We, we, we're missing the scene of them in the Caribbean of him pinning her up against a wall. <laughs> Breaking a hip. <laughs> Having conversations about good guys because then they'd be bad. <laughs> <laughs> and keeping your eyes off my perfectly shaped ass. <laughs> this oh, always noticed. throws me off because I am from... North America, I'm seeing Tanner not really looking as he's driving, but then you realize it's the other side of the car. <sighs> I mean, I don't even notice because that's just what I'm used to. You're driving on the other side of the car, right? But it's funny how you spent so much time, like in America and Canada. Like, I, when I got back from my recent trip, like I get in the car from the airport, and I'm like, holy shit, we're on the wrong side of the road. I'm like, oh, wait, hang on a minute, no. <laughs> the weirdest thing for me was when we were in the Bahamas because. They'll get their cars from anywhere. They don't care. So you'll hop in one cab and they're on the left and then you hop in the next cab and they're on the right. I always just have that initial thing when I first go to a place and it's the other side. Like I, it's more so the passenger side. Like I keep going to get into, I guess, the, what yours is the driver's side. People look at me like, oh, Ben, yeah. you're not driving. I'm like, oh, right, yeah. hang on, sorry. My bad. Know, ben, get out of my car. <laughs> <laughs> and here's that scene we've cool. always wanted to see of Bond uh, training for the Olympics. Uh, <laughs> The British Institute of This Sport. was actually Daniel Craig's audition for Bane in The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I want to see. Well, they say Tom Hardy would make a good Bond, so... Yeah, I disagree. <laughs> Bond, Bond! Bond, Bond! Can somebody re-edit this with, like, the Rocky music? We need him, like, running up the stairs. Like, yeah, I'm a double-O agent again! Yeah! Money penny! <laughs> Vespa! When do they wear the logo of, like, the MI6 agents? It's not like an American college where they've always got to wear the logo of their, like, school. It's like the CIA. I mean, the, the funny the funny thing about that is that I, the idea of this is that MI6 is supposed to be the top secret branch. 
it's not even like MI5. No, we're not MI5. We're MI6. You know, nobody knows who we are, <laughs> unless you're wearing the company hat out in public. <laughs> <laughs> he just jogs like you imagine in between, like you know him, you know running and training. He's gonna you know duck down, duck down to the corner store and grab you know a pint of milk or something like that. It's like, oh, what's on the shirt there? Nothing. Um, just uh, it's a it's a upstart. It's an app company. Yes. <laughs> so I always download my app. Thanks for the milk. Bye. <laughs> the uh, the Canadian um, intelligence service CSIS. Was Jesus. not even made. By, we've talked about this as a venereal disease or something. <laughs> it uh, it wasn't even made public that it existed until like the early '80s. So you got to wonder they could have gone out in public with their CISA shirts all over the place, and people are just like, ah, "Look at the jerk wearing his venereal disease." <laughs> It's like uh, every time I see like the Australian ones, ASIO, and I remember when you see like them advertising in the, the newspapers for it, it's got like a, a byline saying like, do not tell anyone you're planning on applying for a position with ASIO. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, apply for a job. What for? Um, uh, nothing. <laughs> got a job interview tomorrow. Where at? Um, uh, McDonald's. <laughs> Why is it in Canberra? Because it's a big position. <laughs> <laughs> employment that's such a good line now here's, this, here's I mean, the other this was go, like the teaser for the entire movie was they say skyfall in all the trailers Dumb. were you expecting something big out of it oh uh, yeah i mean this is what i was about to say like i mean i think go back to our episode we did about it my biggest problem with this whole film is the fact that it just feels tacked on to me that like i mean essentially Skyfall is what just the name of his childhood house. <laughs> and yeah. I mean, that's kind of that's it. Well, uh, you I know, mean, I was expecting it to be a lot bigger. You know, a yeah, lot, lot bigger. And I, you take it out of it. There's there's no purpose for it in the entire film, in my opinion. I mean, you you almost forget about it before it comes up again. That's great because they yeah. they say it here, and then I just remember the entire time, even you know, before this came out with all the the trailers and TV spots, just wondering what is Skyfall? What is Skyfall? And then you forget about it. when they eventually show the house. You're like, oh. Well, I guess that's kind of cool, you know? <laughs> just just quickly, just before we talk about that, uh, you know, we always said Bond wanted to, would he slit his wrist if he had to play James yeah. Bond again? Well, he'd also slit his, his shoulder. Um, this was the less severe one after Quantum of Solace. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, again, this is still my biggest issue with this film. It's just, it's forced the plot line of Skyfall. Like, you could call this anything else. You could have that, that scene, you're, that you're final sequence just, at anywhere else. No, you're just complaining about a name, though, because... To have, if they hadn't called the Skyfall, let's say they had called it, uh, I don't know. Sticky uh, McJohn John. Sticky McJohn John. <laughs> <laughs> then you would not complain, oh, it's so tacked on that it's his childhood home. I mean, come on, the stepbrother in Spectre is way more tacked on. Sorry for the spoilers, but he hasn't seen it. But I just, I just feel like, given what happens in Spectre, and we get kind of this family backgroundness, and they sort of tied into Skyfall, like I get what they're trying to do there, but... There is a way around it. You could just have none of this background about his past in this film at all. Have that whole ending take place anywhere else and call it anything else. You know, Sticky McJohn John or whatever you want to call it. And then Spectre can still exist, have a little bit of a time from M's death, but then all of a sudden you can bring in the background to his 
past and still have the stepbrother added to it. So I just, I don't know. I just feel this. Is, I, I, I do not dislike this film. As I've always said, this is a film that I watch one time. I really love and I feel a bit different, but like, it's just, it's a unique film that always makes me feel unique. And that's a weird mm-hmm. way of putting it. But like, I just, <laughs> my biggest you get issue. get funny feeling every time. <laughs> yes. I look at Daniel Craig and think, hmm. But like, I just, like yeah, I just. Ropes. Yeah. <laughs> And wearing weird logos on my chest. But yeah, I just I just still... Yeah, I just don't... I feel it's forced. I just still feel it's a forced yeah. name, a forced plot, and they could have gone with anything else. This is... Um, the other thing is about this being the 50th anniversary. You said there's just something different about this movie. And I mean, there was something different about Die Another Day. And even though I loved Die Another Day the first time I saw it... I know you're Hang gonna on, stop, that. stop. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, gonna to get that sound bite. I'm going to cut it off before you said the first time I saw it, where you say, yeah, I, I love Die Another Day. There we go. That's completely been used for I every episode now. I the sentence was even over. Um, <laughs> but this one really does feel different. And yet, if you were to have had this directed by somebody else, I think, you know, then I don't think it feels as special. But yet, this is just your standard Bond movie. It's just Sam Mendes handled this in a way that made it feel like it was worthy of the 50th anniversary that it's somehow bigger while actually being a smaller movie for the most part it's it's interesting kind of you know i I know people who have watched this and just do not like it because they say well it's not a bond film and i mean i guess if you kind of put this in the bond box and compare it to other films it, it really isn't a bond film but it's, I mean, all the criticism, the things I've said about this new direction with Bond and how, you know, it's not the same. And I still say Spectre's the best one they've done in terms of keeping it similar to how the old Bond films were. I still, as, as a standalone film, this is like a great film on its own. Like, if you watched this and had no idea about anything to do with James Bond, you know, this is still a great film. And mm-hmm. there are connections to the James Bond universe that works and all that sort of stuff. And, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's... I can't not like this movie. And it's just... It's... it's I don't know how to ever put it. I, as I said, the first time I saw this, I walked out of that movie as, after seeing this, and I just couldn't stop thinking about it. I'm like, wow, that was so unique and different. Yeah. I'm just like, I want to... I don't know what I'm thinking right now. You know what I mean? It's just... And it still has that effect on me, the Skyfall. And, it's, and that's a good thing for the most part. Uh, I don't know if I told this story before about the night that I saw this, the opening night. Um... It was I mean, literally one week before Jamie and I got married, and I had uh, to work outside. Well, I had to work the morning at my office job I have, and then I had to work in the afternoon. I have my own business on the side. I spent the entire afternoon working outside in the rain when it was basically all right at freezing. And I just started to feel sick as soon as uh, the movie was about to start. And then by the time I got home, I was just like deathly ill. And it was probably like the week leading up to us getting married. It was the most sick I've ever been in my life. So for this movie, it's different because I always watch this movie and I just have, this was the last fond memory I had for a week before the the sickest I've ever (laughs) been in my life. I have that with certain things. I remember the sickest I've ever been in my life was uh, Christmas 2010. And oh, I remember the Christmas, the <laughs> Christmas Eve, I just got so rottenly sick. And my tradition on Christmas Eve is to always watch the Santa Claus and the mm-hmm. Christmas episode of the Vicar of Dibley. Um, and I just couldn't even make it through those. And I had, was taken to hospital on Christmas Day, and I just basically wasn't out of bed for an entire week. Um, but I still like Christmas. <laughs> can, you, can you watch those and still have the bad memory of that? 
No, I think because, I mean, it's just such a yearly tradition for me. I tie a lot of other things into it uh, compared to that. I mean, that sickness is long gone now. <laughs> you know, lots happened in my life since that. But, uh, yeah, I, I think kind of at the time it was maybe like that first Christmas afterwards, you're like, holy shit, I'm going to die. Um, but I didn't. And, of course, everybody should watch the Santa Claus. And we will be doing that. Surely we're doing that this yes. year for Christmas, right? We're doing a whole month of Christmas episodes, I think we planned. Are we, are we going to do all three, or are we just going yeah, to... We have I've, nev- I've never yeah. seen the third one. I, I gave up after the second it's, one. So. It's, it's got a good ten minutes in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I just the second one destroyed it for me. I was like, no, and see, no. I, I really like the second one. I don't like it nearly as much as the first, but I like the second. Anyway, he's cute. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I, you, I swear I just heard you say, anyway, he's cute. <laughs> <laughs> we know that's your complaint, Ben. <laughs> Oh, I don't know, like, I know you know it would be on this episode right now. You don't like the handsome geeks, do you? (laughs) It's not, it's... Who went through this with, like, Andrew Garfield in uh, Amazing Spider-Man? It's not, like, there's a level of geekiness that you can have that, like, I get the whole, like, sexy geek click thing that's around. I get that, but, like, Q is not the character to be sexy. Like, a lot of people... Okay, here's the thing. Like, a lot of people complain that the money penny was black. That did not bother me at all. Didn't care. Whatever. That's I was just fine. glad she wasn't 80. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think probably the thing that bothers me more is the age of Q rather than the race of money penny. Like, I don't know. Like, you, you're used to Q being the, the old guy that's kind of, you know, the quirky old guy in the office and like yeah. now he's turned and i get it like modern day this is what a, a lab tech would be because of how we are now but i don't I, know like yeah i just well, i mean i would like to see daniel craig interacting with john cleese or it doesn't have to be john cleese like someone older just to see that kind of you know that's what i feel it really misses in this character i get I, the different take and i'm not as critical as this cue as noah is but i still miss that i'm way more high on him in Spectre. I think he did a great job in Spectre because I think he played played it with a little bit more quirkiness. My problem here is I remember when they cast him and I, I knew they were going with a young Q and I, I can still remember like the moment where I saw the article and I'm like, okay, here's the guy who's a new Q and I looked at him and even though he was younger, I looked at him like, this guy would make a great young Q because he looks like he's kind of quirky and awkward and unusual and then he's just, my complaint is that he's just so boring in Skyfall. Like, he's monotone. He doesn't have a lot of personality. You know, he's arrogant without being playful. And we get some of that back in Spectre. But here, I just think it was the wrong It was the wrong take on the character. And the whole idea about it being young, yeah, again, I get that too. But this is also, like, the highest level of government intelligence. And I don't see anybody else in MI6 that looks like they're under 35. So the idea that they would just have this one guy, they're like, oh, well, of course it's going to be a young guy there. Well, then why is nobody else in his department young, you know? Yeah. I, I And I hate it when he says, like, the whole, oh, you're expecting an exploding pen. We don't go for that anymore. It's like, fuck you, don't bag yeah, out Goldeneye. That's a good line. <laughs> that's the type of line that Die Another Day could have done with. <laughs> Still bagging out Goldeneye, fuck you. <laughs> Here's, uh, this is a funny thing, but Shanghai, I mean, this looks incredible, like, especially on Blu-ray right now. It looks amazing. Yeah. But I always have trouble with these opening shot. shots just because this one's much better. But <laughs> <laughs> I always have trouble with the opening shots just because Mission Impossible did this first. Like, I'm a huge Mission Impossible fan, too. Not as much as James Bond. It basically, for me, goes Star Wars, 
James Bond Mission Impossible. But Mission Impossible 3 did Shanghai, and I feel like I've already seen this in a spy movie. So then, do you hate the fact that, like, Star Wars did night scenes in chases through the city? I don't know. I was trying to correlate no, Star Wars to James it Bond. It was on a different <laughs> planet, Ben. <laughs> Sorry. Well, this is Shanghai on a different planet. It's not Shanghai, Shanghai China. Shanghai does um, look a lot like Coruscant at night, though. <laughs> yeah. I do love that shot, though, of him swimming. Not just because he's, you know, topless <laughs> Daniel Craig. But, like, it just looks, like, amazing. Like, I, I love cities and, like, skylines and just... I mean, that just looks... It's an amazing shot just with the lighting and, and just how that pool's glowing. And I want to go swimming in that pool. That looks fucking awesome. We also awesome. have mentioned the the first image of Bond that's become very famous. And that was the one they released from this movie was the behind shot of him sitting with his legs in the pool. And everybody <laughs> at the time was like, interesting that they chose that one, you know, probably because of Casino Royale and everything. But that became yeah. like the famous first image released from Skyfall. And here's, of course, Matthew Fox is now off the island. And, uh, <laughs> These are the flash the remainder of the Oceanic Six. Uh, <laughs> he got drunk, went to Shanghai, <laughs> grew a beard. <laughs> we all remember the season. We've got to go back. We've got to go back, Kate. Was that four or five? I already forget. I think that was four, oh, right? I think that was four. That was, yeah. that was one of the greatest twists in TV. Like, it's, you know, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Lost, it was a flash yeah. forward, not a flashback. You're like, holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> I can't and wait till what? Noah They're gets off dead. his ass and we do Lost. You know, come on. We need to do it already, Noah. <laughs> we, we should I just spent time looking. in Hawaii seeing filming locations of Lost. and it just makes We're going to give all the listeners at Double R 7 the false impression that we're going to be covering the Santa Claus as part of our Bond series. All right, we're, not, we're, we're on a different show right now, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah, Sorry. We, we have other podcasts, people. <laughs> <laughs> all these people listening to Double R 7 going, you're selling out. You're doing Christmas movies and Lost. <laughs> Download the Oz <laughs> Network. Yeah. You do so many of these episodes, just jelly. Next minute, I'm going to be starting to talk about the Olympics and Formula One. You're going to be like, what the hell are you on about? I I hope I could find, maybe when you do your year of best best of episodes, you'll find it. One of our many podcasts we do, where I started the episode, I'm like, hello, welcome to... And I'm like, I completely (laughs) forgot which podcast I'm hosting right now. (laughs) Somebody help me. Well, my, of course, one of, my, one of my podcasts I'm doing, The Brink, is obviously just off the my first ever sort of main radio show, and I, I'm back to obviously doing a show on the station that The Brink used to be on, and I still have yet to stuff up and come on air and go, you're listening to The Brink, I'm still going, <laughs> you're listening to High Noon, but it's going to happen one day, because, you know, you just get used to doing it. Meanwhile, uh, we're in this really cool elevator. I love this elevator. <laughs> the elevator. I don't know, it's, it's weird, it's like, it's... This building is cool. I wonder—is this a real building? Do we ever know, or is this like one of these oh, fancy God. things where they've? I mean, it's Shanghai. They all look like this. <laughs> that, yeah, that almost sounded very racist. <laughs> it's Shanghai. It did. They all wow. Look like... <laughs> I mean, all the times I've been to Shanghai, I always get confused. <laughs> so what? Okay, do we of... actually know what? What is he doing in this building? Do am I just forgetting? As in this Matthew Fox? What's he doing there? He's about to. Take a shot at the guy oh, that's across right. the other building. I knew that. Locke is in the opposing building. <laughs> <laughs> ben. Ben is in there. <laughs> wonder if this guy's ever doubled for Matthew Fox in Speed Racer or something. Who is he? <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> Do we what know his character? character's name? I don't know. Um, 
<laughs> Mr. Henchman? Big Bond fans. <laughs> Patrice. Okay, so let's find okay. the actor who's Patrice. What a, what a name. Hello, I'm Patrice. <laughs> Hello to all our people called Patrice listening to You <laughs> just tuned out. Oh, I love that show until they bagged out my name. Um, he is a Swedish actor called Ola Rapace. Oh, um, my heritage. Yeah, I've got Swedish in me too, actually. Um, You're not talking about for... dinner, are you? <laughs> no, like I... I Slowly making my dad's... his way out. <laughs> my mum's side, I'm Scottish. My dad's side, I'm Swedish. It's good, good, um, good connection good uh what, what's the word uh mix that's what i'm looking for um so he's been in such great films as sajata dugden oh, that's a tv series all hell let loose flamingo number one rancid brothers the return brothers the return <laughs> or brothers and the return no brothers the return that's all one uh, he was in a tv series called the inspector in the sea where he played the great character ulf torsten I wonder if he knows our um, our Danish uh, um, Davidov. Well, who is that? Um, uh, oh, um, Lars Lars Lars. We've been out of this too long. <laughs> yeah, it's God, a, we're old. Remember? Yeah, insert name here. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> We'll fix it in post-production. <laughs> <laughs> oh, our favourite actor who plays Davidoff. Ulrich Thompson. Yeah, love him. <laughs> Cut to Noah's voice, John Williams. <laughs> <laughs> Was that Simpsons episode where they do the Super Bowl? Yeah. <laughs> We're rooting for the Denver Broncos against the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> You know, really off topic. This is what happens on Double Oscar. If you haven't listened to this before, deal with it. I watched. I hadn't watched it in so long. The um, Australian episode of The Simpsons last night. Uh, fuck, I love that episode. I would have called him a chasmwazer. Oh, oh. That's my favorite. Maybe my all-time favorite Simpsons life. I would have called it a chasmwazer. That's not a knife. This is a knife. No, I thought it's a spoon. <laughs> All right. I see you've played knifey spoony before. <laughs> hey, Prime Minister! That's a bleeding outrage! <laughs> Maybe one of the best ever. Oh my god, I was reading the Wikipedia article about how they say, like, people in Australia were offended. <laughs> really? Hold on. I wanna, if you watch what the guy's actually doing through this window, I never noticed. He's sitting in a chair dramatically. As they reveal a painting to him. <laughs> like, I just, do they know he's about to get shot? Ta-da! <laughs> like, do they, do they know he's about to get shot? Because it just seems like he gets shot and they just move on. It's like, oh, well, he died. Cool. I, I just think maybe that's like their distraction. By the way, this fight scene is amazing. The silhouette. Oh, yeah. Um, it but does that, remind that, me of... Um, is it Moonraker when they've got that one up in the clock tower? Yeah. Yeah. But way better. Because <laughs> Daniel Craig can move. Oh. <laughs> Play it again, Sam. <laughs> yeah, I mean that 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 does look amazing when with the whole silhouette thing. You're right. Where's Feckish? <laughs> Ready? Who does number two work for? <laughs> oh, I love the way the body falls there. You just need to add like a, a Luke Skywalker. No, the one that they added in one of those special editions. <laughs> 
Oh, here's your Which favorite one character. Was that? Oh god. Seriously, like this really didn't sell it well after Quantum of Solace. The fact that we've just got you know, like I know I wasn't exactly you know as high on Vesper as you two were, but I, mean, I can still appreciate her considering that the next two Bond films we get, you know, the shittest Bond girls probably in the history of Bond. Well, I think, and I, I kind of interpreted this movie differently. Like I went to it wondering, okay, is Eve going to be the main Bond girl, or I, I already forget what her name is here. Um, uh, Miss Macau, Macau prostitute or whatever. Uh. <laughs> She's gonna die soon. People don't get attached. <laughs> well, in real life, now that you've mentioned that, thanks. Um, yeah, probably. <laughs> but that was like you—you you sat there wondering, well, which one's gonna be the main Bond girl, and then it's neither. Um, yeah. In a way, I actually look at that kind of as a cool twist because you're so con- like you talked about, you're so conditioned to this is a Bond movie, so they do something different, and it's kind of just like a surprise. Like, hey, I didn't see that coming. You don't can I just point out that? Can I just point out that M really is an old lady because she clicks up on pop up pop ups on her computer. <laughs> She'd be the type of person that pops up. You're the one millionth visitor to this website. Click here to win your prize. Oh, <laughs> I still remember how many days I would come home, and my mom would be like, "I think I broke your computer again. Something <laughs> popped up, and I didn't know what to do." <laughs> My dad did that. I remember when he first got an office job and he got like a laptop. He's like, oh, yeah, I, I kind of got into trouble at work. I'm like, why? He's like, oh, something popped up and said I'd won something. So I clicked on it and I put a virus. <laughs> I'm like, dad, dad. He just couldn't resist. He's like, I know I'm supposed to be working right now, but hey, I can win something. I used to work at a call center for a bank and um, you'd always get like the people ringing up. They'd always be like older people. Yes, you sent me an email saying that my account had been hacked, but now I believe my account really has been hacked. And I'm like, oh my God, we never send emails. Never, never, never. I'll put you through to our cyber department. You've been, you know, attacked. <laughs> Meanwhile, here comes the sexiest shaving scene in movie history. I was just thinking about that. Did the email say, think on your sins? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've always said, if I ever become like a multi, multi-millionaire, I'm going to literally send out like emails saying like, I'm a Nigerian prince. I have a million dollars <laughs> if you reply. And the first person that replies to me, I will literally send them a million dollars. <laughs> just to like mess with people's heads, you know? <laughs> if I ever become a millionaire, I'm going to invite Naomi Harris to shave me. If I become a millionaire, I'm going to invite Daniel Craig to shave me. <laughs> Actually, no, I'm going to invite myself to shave Daniel Craig. <laughs> <laughs> Who would you rather shave in this sequence, uh, Daniel Craig or Pierce Brosnan? <laughs> Pierce Brosnan. Well, we know Pierce. There's more to shave. <laughs> exactly. You're there for longer. You can talk to him more. So, Pierce, what was your favourite Bond movie you did? <laughs> I bet you have a story for every one of those chest hairs. <laughs> Tell us what it was like working with Famke Jansen. <laughs> Whereas with Daniel Craig, you just would be like staring into those eyes and rubbing his chest. <laughs> you know what's really disturbing is when I'm saying that, I've actually got my hand and I'm gesturing <laughs> like I'm... <rubbing. laughs> like rubbing the air. <laughs> so smooth. I'm so glad we're not a visual podcast. <laughs> just, we don't even realize what he's saying. He's like, you take very good care of your body, Mr. Bond. <laughs> oh, Mr. Bond. 
It, it's so silky smooth. Let me touch it more. <laughs> oh, there's a reason why we don't do these episodes that often. Uh, <laughs> I totally just thought that Bond was trying to undo her shirt there. I never caught that before. <laughs> what happens if they have sex at this point? <laughs> Every fanboy would lose it when the reveal comes at the end. Yeah, what what happens to James Bond at this point? <laughs> well, that was the other thing is that um, this scene was shown in trailers, and I think everybody assumed, oh yeah, this is the Bond sleepers, the Bond girl theme and uh, scene, and people were genuinely upset again because there were those rumors that she was going to be Money Penny. People were upset even before the movie came out, claiming. Bond has sex with Money Penny. That should never happen. Like, no, he doesn't. Just wait and see the movie. Now, what is it about casinos in Macau that every single time a person comes in a boat, they have fireworks? Like, <laughs> they must have a lot of fireworks in Macau. <laughs> we have a new customer. Fireworks! Yay! May I present J.W. Pepper? <laughs> what in the blazes? <laughs> you are ugly. <laughs> This does look amazing, though. Like, I mean, it's, it's, again, is this how we are led to believe that every customer enters this casino? <laughs> maybe, maybe, but like, still, it does. It's well shot. And just some random guy with a baseball hat to greet him. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody Welcome else to talks. Macau. <laughs> I mean, what? Like, I know China invented the the fireworks, but. Did they also invent the Komodo dragon? <laughs> I thought they were Indonesians. The I thought they were native to Indonesia. I don't know. Let's look that shit up. Ah, oh, they're imported. <laughs> this is uh, again, another really clever idea that Sam Mendes has. Like just one long shot, and they're having a conversation and occasionally like crossing each other. It's just it's it's little details like that that I think make this movie so interesting. Where you do think about it, like you said, a lot once it's over. Do you feel that now that we've had this, and obviously Spectre had lots of expectations to it, and a lot of people, I guess, were probably a little bit disappointed with it compared to Skyfall, but it still was, I think, a good film. Do yeah. you feel that now that the the turn that Bond has taken, I mean, you would argue that with Casino Royale, but I mean, Skyfall really took it to another level, mm-hmm. uh, that if we, if Bond 25, you know, goes into rubbish territory, you know, die another day territory, dare I say. Like, I mean, what's that going to do for the Bond? Wait, 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 I mean, wait, wait, only... Let's cut that and re-edit that one. Are there only so many times that Bond gets a chance to, like, go down the shit territory to reboot itself again? Like, can Bond be rebooted from this reboot should things wow. turn to shit again? Uh, again, let's look back. They've rebooted sometimes in mid-actor. Uh, <laughs> if you look at you had... Honor Majesty's Secret Service would probably be the first reboot, even if it hadn't had uh, a new actor in it. Then you can easily say that the uh, the Spy Who Loved Me was a reboot. You could say that Fear Eyes Only was Living Daylights. I mean, they've changed it even in mid series, mostly for Roger Moore, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but like, like we all said, you know, they got into a bit of trouble going too over the top with You Only Live Twice. So they're like, all right, let's make the next one a little bit more grounded. Same thing happened after Moonraker. Okay, the next one will be grounded. Same thing after, after View to a Kill. Next one's grounded. 
You kind of you kind of do in a way. Maybe it's just me. You do want to see Daniel Craig in a, like a complete whack job Bond movie. <laughs> like I mean, yeah. I know Spectre kind of pushed the boundary slightly with it, but it still got that realistic level. But I would love to see Daniel Craig in an over the top <laughs> Bond movie. Like, but like just still keep that star. really serious tone. <laughs> like keep it really realistic and gritty. Like in the next film, like Blofeld's like I am going to steal everybody's watches and oh. they're all going to turn you into zombies. <laughs> yep, by Baron Samdi in the next one. <laughs> they're, they're doing like a crossover between like Bond and Jurassic Park. It's like Bond taking on the Indominus Rex. <laughs> I mean, the name's I- Bond. Rah! Ah, shit. <laughs> I get what you're saying. It would be fun just because, well, it's weird that it should be a compliment and yet we're saying, ah, it would kind of be nice if they screwed it up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but Daniel Craig is about to become the first Bond actor to never have the series go off the rails. Even if people aren't as crazy about Quantum of Solace and they aren't as crazy about Spectre, they didn't lose it. I mean, the the movies were still serious. They weren't ridiculous. And even if you don't like Quantum of Solace, there's still some really good drama. What's that? (laughs) Nobody does. (laughs) (laughs) But there's some good dramatic moments in there still. And you can't say that no other Bond actor has not had that one silly movie. And if Spectre yeah. is as silly as it's going to get, I mean, Daniel Craig's going to go out. He's going to go out as, like, the most consistent Bond we've ever had. And here's the other thing to say. Again, we're recording this, you know, only a few days before uh, or after Daniel, Daniel Craig, Craig dies. <laughs> before or after he's signed on to play Bond for one final time. This will be the first time we ever get a proper conclusion to a Bond actor. Because Sean Connery never had that. And we know Lazenby didn't and Dalton didn't. Pierce didn't. Roger Moore is the closest, but Roger Moore, Roger Moore would have wanted for your eyes only to be his closing one. Yeah. We are going to know that they're going into this wrapping up Daniel Craig's story arc, and that's something it's that we'll so never see ever to think again, that, isn't it? It's it's so weird yeah. because it's like, you know, you, that's it's what rumored not to come out really now to 2019. Mm-hmm. So you know, at the time of recording this, we've still got another two years. So like. They wrap all that up, and you did then even expect Bond 26 not to come out, you know, earliest 2021. You'd argue 2022, 2023. You'd probably say 2022, because in that way they would have it, like, the 60th anniversary. Mm. Um, so, But then by that stage, like, that's five years away. What's going to happen in movies by then? I mean, we, the reason why we've got this, like, level of, of Bond film is because of the reboots and the reimaginings and the grittiness and the, you know, the Batman Begins phenomenon and all that sort of stuff we yeah. talked about before. But who knows what's going to change in five years? And even then, like, how can you conclude an actor playing James Bond knowing that you're still going to have to do another film with a new James Bond? Well, yeah. It's, that's it's the- interesting to think going into Because as you're saying, we've never had that conclusion before. And who knows? Daniel Craig could fucking love number 25 so much that he's back in 2022. Who knows? I want to do this at the age of 63. (laughs) (laughs) But the other thing is, you know, you know that they're going to tie up his story in a way because it's great. And if there are people out there, I know there's people out there who are like, ah, let's just move on from Daniel Craig already. But think about how great it's going to be to tie up a story and to also be able to follow a Bond who starts out as the youngest Bond we've ever seen and ends up as an appropriately aged Bond. Like, even in Skyfall here, I wouldn't say that he's an older Bond here. He's more just scarred. He's beaten, you know? He's yeah. he's out of shape. By the time we get to the last one, I think they will play up on the fact that, like, I've been doing this a little bit too long, you know? Yeah. So you're going to reintroduce a new actor after that. You can't tie it up too much, 
because they just introduced Q, they just introduced Money Penny, they just introduced a new M. You're not going to restart a whole series and recast all those roles. They'll keep Naomi Harris and Ben Wishaw and Ray Fiennes on. So it's going to have to be consistent to the next one while also tying up Daniel Craig. Well, I mean, we all want to tie Daniel Craig up. Let's <laughs> It's basically, this is why I want Daniel Craig to have one more, because Spectre, we talked about in the many episodes of Spectre, and I can't believe now we're talking about Spectre again, <laughs> but that ended in a way where it's like, okay, if it is the final one, it's appropriate, yeah. but it leaves it open enough that you want one more. So if we get that one more movie, you know, it's almost like what we were robbed of with Sean Connery. If Sean Connery had had Honor Majesty's Secret Service as his final one, it would have been okay just to move on after that. And I, I can't remember what my last opinion was. I mean, God, my opinion changes a lot. But, like, I, I think that <laughs> I'd sort of... Suddenly hate day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, I think that I probably am at the point now where it's like, yeah, okay, let's have Craig for one more. Because, uh, you know, it's, it's all the, the whole Blofeld story that, you know, I, yeah. I, I do want to see that. And, um, you know, I mean, again... Craig's never going to be my favourite as Bond, and I will gladly see another person come in and play James Bond, and that's another episode for another time and thoughts on that. But, yeah, I, I, I'm satisfied with him. And, like, I kind of am, like, with Noah, too. I think Noah had that weird little thing that he wanted to have each Bond actor having a different number of films. So yeah. now that you, Craig will have his fifth, uh, so kind of, you know, like... What Brosnan's had four, Dalton two, Lazenby one, uh, Connery six, and more seven. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of like that knowing you've got seven, six, five, four, two, and one. So clearly Idris Elba will have to play three. Uh, well, so. no, there's the other thing I want to say. This has almost become our next Bond preview episode. We're running out of material for the actual episode. <laughs> we're once again uh, not talking about the fact that <laughs> we're watching a film right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. Now we can finally stop hearing people suggest Idris Elba, who yeah. I bring this up every time, even if it's just online, and nobody ever thinks about it. The man's already too old to be James He's Bond. He's the same age you, as Craig, is he not? Yeah, if you want him to become James Bond for the next one, he's going to be, like, what, 47, 48 when he starts the role? Yeah. No, it's impossible. Even he said that. Even he has come yeah, out and said that he feels exactly. he's too old. And all the actresses are suggesting are the same age. Like, what we're finally going to get a new group of people suggested who aren't too old. Like, stop suggesting these ancient old men. Yeah, Idris Elba, so he is 44. Craig is 49. Okay, so he's five years younger. But still, yeah, like, I mean, it's... He, he looks older, too. I'll say that. He looks older than Craig does. He does, actually. <laughs> and that's not a knock yeah. against Idris Elba. I mean, you know, he's a handsome enough guy. <laughs> it's just he's, he's obviously that's definitely guy. That's definitely an episode we, we will need to do is yeah. recasting oh. Bond. Because, I mean, look, there's obvious things when it comes to Idris Elba about issues that people have and people don't. And it's a, it's a controversial topic to talk about, but I don't think we need to get started in right now this episode. So... Anyway, Bond's been bashing people with a suitcase and killing them with uh, Komodo dragons. <laughs> the, I love how everyone is looking over the edge like, holy crap, there's like people being ripped apart down there. <laughs> they're more likely to go, oh, not again. I just cleaned up after the last one. <laughs> this, is, this is why they have like people with fireworks and boats because it's like, somebody new's coming here. They're not scared to get killed by the Komodo yeah. <laughs> dragon. Now, this is, this is a really, like, if you analyse this whole scene, like, she's just told this story about the fact that, what, she was, like, a child prostitute and, mm. you know, how old was she when she, like, she was, she's had I a think terrible they said, like, 12 life. or something. 
yeah, terrible, terrible life. Basically, her entire life has been revolved around being mistreat- mistreated and used by asshole men, like fucking mm-hmm. asshole men. And then here comes James Bond, Mr. Caring, charismatic guy, who's just going to fuck her in the shower. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, but like this is one, James, that you maybe say, mm, let's Netflix and chill. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> what does Bond watch on Netflix to get in bed with a woman? <laughs> um, uh, uh, Stranger Things, or whatever it's called. <laughs> by, by the way, this is again, completely off topic. Have you heard of the new show Gypsy? On Netflix with Naomi uh, Watts, I think I've heard of it. I don't, yeah, I don't know yeah. much about it. But. Let's let's just say if there's a show Bond's going to watch on Netflix to get in the mood, it's probably going to be Gypsy. So I don't know if you want to check it out. It's just it's kind of disturbing that like he walks into the shower like just naked and just comes up to her from behind and just does this whole like you know okay this is just going back to the. Connery and Brosnan would be charming her a little bit more. He's just rapey at this point. Well, he said, "I like you better. I like you better without the bread." I mean, that's charming. <laughs> but like, does she charge him after this? Like, I mean, charge him with what? She does this for a living? But that's what I mean. Like, is that her job? Like, oh, I, I don't know how it him, works. I, I'm thinking charge him is in like I'm pressing charges. <laughs> no, no, no. I meant like, like, does she give him a, a bill afterwards? Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> if that's a job, like, I don't, I don't, I, I have met. A prostitute before, but I've never. Sorry, a sex worker. That's a technical term. But I interviewed <laughs> a sex worker. Politically like, correct gonna... with prostitutes now. You have to, you do you seriously <laughs> do like I I did an interview with one and they she like she was a very nice lady and all that sort of stuff. But it was very interesting. Like in all seriousness, it was a very interesting chat. But yeah, you, it's a sex worker, not a prostitute. Anyway, my point is is like I don't think I ever got to that point of the interview saying like. Can you have sex and not charge? Like that's I don't know if that's really inappropriate <laughs> to say. I'm really sorry. Like I am honestly not trying to do this to be funny or joke or anything like that. I'm sure legitimately sex workers fall in love and have relationships. Yeah. We know it's, it's <laughs> one of our top demographics here on Double Lost. I'm digging myself a hole. I really am digging myself a hole right. <laughs> Shut up, Ben. <laughs> this is uh something else I did like here about the the different way of presenting MI6. So they're constantly under fire the whole, not trial, but hearings they have, and even uh, Mallory's line there about saying, you know, we're not in the shadows anymore. It's it's mm. it's bond for a new era in a realistic way because I don't think you could pull this off, you know, with like Snowden and everything like that nowadays. You couldn't pull off a realistic Bond series and have them be the MI6 in the past where just nobody knows what's going on. And that's what they tied in well, obviously, uh, you know, post 9-11. I mean, every single Craig film has had some sort of link to terrorism, has it not? Uh, I mean, you can't live in a world without that now. I mean, it's like, I know Die Another Day came out after 9-11, but I mean, you kind of got what a bit of a throwback to that when what the world has changed since you were away. Um, And I mean... In all fairness, can we think of any classic Bond movies where nowadays they wouldn't be saying, oh yeah, they're terrorists. Here, let me exterminate the world's population so the rest of us can live in space. <laughs> That's not a terrorist. It's it's just it's yeah, it's it's kind of just how it is and, and I mean um you know, it's it's kind of like we know obviously a lot of bond in the past has come on, you know, the Cold War and all that sort of stuff, and a lot of people you see, you know, said when Goldeneye came out, like how can Bond exist out of a, yeah. you know, Cold War situation? But obviously, the world is a different place and as we've kind of joked about before like when we watch like Living Daylights and how he's hanging out with Al-Qaeda and the Taliban or whatever it was and yeah. <laughs> you know how we've joked and said like in 20 years time when the Canadians are the most hated country yeah. in the world <laughs> like, 
By the way, how incredible is Silver's Island as a location? Oh, yeah. This is and this classic. is a real island, is it not? This is like a yeah. real place. Uh, but, you know, that's like how you said, oh, it's it's not really a Bond movie. In some ways, I feel like this is more of a Bond movie than Casino, Quantum, or even Spectre. Because I don't even think in Spectre. I mean, yeah, it, the, the whole crater base is a cool idea. But it's not like, you know, a deserted island with dilapidated buildings like this is just totally bond they they really do like in the craig era of films the whole deserted uh hideout don't they i mean quantum mm-hmm. we've got the hotel in the middle of bolivia we've got this island then yeah obviously uh yeah specter i mean like we'll get to the, obviously the closing scene because we've got a pretty decent scene about to come out right now but i mean i've always said the craig films have kind of shitty end scenes but like a lot of the, the locations are still fantastic. I mean, this film, is, I think, was criticised a little bit because it was just so much set in Britain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, you know, the stuff that isn't set in Britain is memorable. But, oh, here, here he is. We're only, how long are we into this movie? And we've finally got the villain. An hour, hour and... That's all right. Almost an hour <laughs> 11, yeah. But there's another classic Bond thing. Like, don't introduce the villain right away. Save him for the halfway point. Like, Dr. No comes in probably around an hour and 10 minutes. It's the it's the jaws. It's you know it's like you know the one thing that always baffles me when you see like like when the new Godzilla came out the other year. How people complained like we got hardly any Godzilla and we didn't see him until like an hour into the film. It's like well, do you not know how these work? Like jaws. Think about jaws. When do we actually see the shark? That's the whole point of well, it. It's the tension. Jurassic I'm gonna Park. Argue, like I'm going to argue with you on Godzilla that I think the problem is is that even after an hour in the movie, we still didn't really see Godzilla. <laughs> So we like saw random rage. random bird creatures for <laughs> about 90 minutes straight, and then, hey, Godzilla pops up in a few shots. That's why the Matthew Broderick one is superior. But anyway, uh, that's coming soon to the Oz <laughs> Network. I do love this shot when he like oh, comes yeah. out of the elevator, and they just hold it still as he walks closer and closer. Yeah, zooming in while he walks towards so the effective. Game. And again, just the, the set. This is like you know uh, an, a Ken Adam-type set. Mm. With, with all the, the computers everywhere and these giant pillars. I wonder how many takes this took. Like, do you sometimes wonder when you're watching a film, like, you want this to be done in one take just because it's such yeah. a great scene? You don't want them to say, like, at the end of this, okay, that was good, Javier, but can we do it again? <laughs> <laughs> what if he just did one of these takes with his oxygen tank from No Country for Old Men? <laughs> <laughs> his comb over an oxygen tank. This is the other thing I loved about Javier Bardem. Um when he, they started promoting this movie, you know, he basically went out there and said, I legitimately bleached my eyebrows for this movie just because he <laughs> thought it made him look silly. You know, <laughs> he's like, I don't want to be a scary looking Bond villain. I want to be a scary Bond villain that kind of just looks weird. He also legitimately took cyanide and had half his face melt off. Yeah. <laughs> just to, uh, very method actor up here. I mean, he's, we, we've talked him up so much in the, the episodes and that sort of stuff, but I mean, you know, this, in overall with this film, obviously, how it was, this was really the first Bond film to ever kind of be talked about, possibly getting, like, Oscar nods and all this yeah. sort of stuff, and he was, I remember, like, he was very much in the running and the possibilities of getting nominated for an Oscar, and he got nominated, did he get nominated for, like, a, a screen, a, a critic's choice, or, like, he did get nominated for one of the major ones, I feel, as an actor. Um, I mean, he probably had some critics awards. I mean, he's Javier Bardem. He gets nominated for almost everything, which is why it's yeah. sad he didn't get it for this, because it's such a good performance. Uh, there was one of the main Screen Actors Guild Awards. He got nominated for a, a supporting role actor. That's what I was thinking of. Um, but, I mean, we shouldn't mention this one. Um, 
the BAFTA for best British film. Is that? Mm. I think it's the first Bond film to ever do that. Is it not? Yeah. I'm looking so, up here who was actually nominated for supporting actor the year yeah. that this came out, 2012. The Oscars, or? Yeah. Well, the film itself was nominated for well, five Academy Awards and did win two. So, <laughs> I, I mean, I guess it's, as far as nominations, it's tough to say. Chris supporting Waltz actor won. that year. Christoph Waltz won it. Yeah. yeah. You get like Alan Arkin and Argo. Okay, well, he's playing the same role he plays in every movie. Robert De Niro in Civil Linus Playbook. Okay, I'll give them that. Philip Seymour Hoffman in The Master, I'll give him that. Tommy Lee Jones in Lincoln. Ugh. Like, I don't even remember that Tommy Lee Jones was in that movie. You I couldn't give him a through it, so. <laughs> Here we go. Hang on. He's, he's the gay scene. <laughs> <laughs> she never tied me to a chair. Her loss. <laughs> <laughs> now, what, like, I think this was, this was maybe the one that I kind of go, went, went into it also knowing. Like, there was the... The scene where, you know, he's got, like, the, I guess, the bisexual villain, or is he a gay villain? Like, is he ever labelled as whatever? Um, but, I mean, this was a real big deal, wasn't it? Because, I mean, this is, yeah. like, Bond is quintessential ladies' man, and you've got this, you know, open villain. Again, he's not ever labelled as, as gay or straight or bi, but clearly he's a bit gay um if, i'm trying to be nice here but but like you know this was obviously a very groundbreaking scene for the bond series i guess i'm trying to say well and this is the one thing that wasn't spoiled for me and i'm, I'm kind of glad because i remember um when this movie was being promoted people would talk about javier bardem whether javier bardem was in the interview or not even if it was daniel craig promoting it they would always bring up, oh, Javier Bardem, and they wouldn't say anything. They're like, he's different in this movie. And they said for multiple reasons, which obviously the whole face thing is the, the cyanide is the other cool twist. But it was never really mentioned here what it was. It's like, wow, it's something different for a Bond villain. Did you? What did you think of it when you saw it? Oh, I loved it. Like, I, And again, when we do the episode, maybe it'll change. But I've always, from the moment I walked out of the theater until now, I always thought, you know, if I had to pick one Bond villain as my favorite of all time, it's basically a toss-up between Scaramanga and Silva. I think he's, like, maybe the greatest Bond villain of all time. But what, what, what I mean is, like, what did you think of that scene, though? Like, I'm not trying oh, to be, like, just, you know, make you uncomfortable or anything. I'm just, I just literally, <laughs> as a Bond fan... No, like, I'm serious. Like, like, as a Bond fan, do you... <laughs> did, you, did you go up to the bathrooms quickly? Oh, like, no, like, in all no, seriousness, it, when you watch, did you feel it was... Yeah. It's brilliant because, like... The way that I think as a Bond fan you should interpret this, like, I, this is why when Daniel Craig came out and said, you know, the the scene isn't saying Bond is gay. What it is is this is Silva doing everything he can. This is his torture to Bond. He's like, this is yeah. the greatest, like, ladies' man in MI6. I'm going to make him feel really uncomfortable, and I'm going to make him feel threatened. And that's yeah. why this scene plays so well, because... You would think Bond would be really uptight with this the same way he was with uh, the torture scene. in it's just another version of the torture scene in Casino Royale. It's just all mental. But the way that Bond responds to him, it's not Bond saying, well, it's not my first time. It's him like, you know what? I'm well trained enough that you're not going to get to me. Yeah. It's a, no, it's completely a torture agree. scene that's just brilliant. And I do love the reaction from the fans. You know, they're all like, oh, you can't make Bond gay. And like, I mean, you're right. Like, I mean, he's just, he's he James can, Bond. But... He's going to play up to... Yeah to that as as you said like he's not going to be like oh god don't touch me i'm so uncomfortable it's not sean connery in the 60s like i mean it's like when when they're you know holding him hostage and you know ready to kill him by whatever weird torture device 
lasers into his groin, does he sit there and go, no, please, that's my favorite part. He'll be like, all right, you made your point. Let's move on. Yeah. He's, he's going to play it cool. That's what he's doing here. Now, out oh. of all the women that Bond cares about and wants to save, you know, I mean, clearly we've discovered what, like, 80% of all films would be over if he didn't care about his dick and mm-hmm. um, want to save the woman at the end. I mean, do they really expect him to care too much about this, you know, poor childhood sex slave that he's just violated in the shower? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's that's the other thing that I think makes this scene work is that we've had Bond movies where he's like, oh, don't worry. She means nothing. Wasn't it Goldeneye where he's like, yeah, she means nothing to me. And they call his bluff. Here, he's like, you know, she honestly doesn't mean anything to me because the mission's more important. So that's why he's like, oh, it's a perfectly good waste of a bottle. I do love that line. Yeah. <laughs> Having a good week to school. That is James Bond. Like, that, and, that is great. Uh, when it comes up here, I mean, I always just get a laugh the way Javier Bredem plays it, where he takes the shot. I win. <laughs> <laughs> but this is like, out of all the, um, the Craig ones, I mean, you know... I think when we got to obviously Spectre and, you know, we'd been missing a good henchman because we really hadn't had a henchman in any of the Craig ones. I mean, it's not to take away from Le Chief in, in Casino Royale, but I mean, really, like, we finally get this great villain in the in the Craig films, um, you know, and like, <laughs> green, come on. Um, <laughs> I mean, I agree with, like, I know we haven't done that episode yet, but I mean, yeah, Silver's top five yeah. greatest villains of all time. I haven't now, sort of... don't yeah. forget top five henchmen in Patrice. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Although he's still better than, um, what was, uh, what was his name? Oh, I've lost it. Um, the one that we made so much fun of in, um, fuck, I can't remember the movie it was. God, we need to do another ad lib here. Um, oh, um, the one who couldn't like have sex and like, cause yeah, if he had uh, sex. Vargas. Vargas. No, Vargas. <laughs> uh, was it Vargas? No, I'm thinking, um, it the, was Vargas, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the very similar one in For Your Eyes Only. Oh, here it is. Oh. I win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the same one in For Your Eyes Only. I can't remember what his name is. <laughs> Dub it over now. That person that we love. Lock. <laughs> there. <laughs> What's his name? James... <laughs> B- starts with B- a B- Bond? <laughs> Bond? Now, where are these helicopters? Like, this is this has got to be a big question. Like, how are they hovering around this island and no one can hear them? Yeah. Like, they don't hear anything. <laughs> this is deserted. You would hear it coming from, you know, I don't know, like 100 kilometers away. But again, like, this is the... This is what's awesome about a villain, you know, is just, you know, it doesn't bother him. I, mm-hmm. I love a villain who's just kind of like, eh, okay, fair enough. Like, we know he wants to get captured. But well, it's still, you know. It's still also cool that for the first time ever, we have a villain captured, and it's only like a little over halfway in the movie. And yeah. I, I can't think and of And I remember watching this going, like, well, I, I don't know about you, but I kind of thought there had to be another villain or something like that. Yeah. You know, like, like the green was a lie. <laughs> oh, God. Jump the shark moment much? <laughs> <laughs> Which Here I guess, we have the Hannibal Lecter Magneto scene. Yeah, that was the, the other thing when I saw this. I mean, it's totally Hannibal Lecter, but the other thing that caught me out, were you more caught off guard? Well, you said it was kind of spoiled, but for me, I think I was probably even more caught off guard by this than I was with the, him feeling up Bond in the previous scene. Um, I, I 
No, I mean, now that I was caught off guard, I guess kind of like I went into it knowing I knew that there was a quote homoerotic scene. You know what I mean? Mm. And so, kind of like when it happened, I was like, oh, okay, well, fair enough. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know about this bit, so I was kind of just like, oh, okay. And again, cool. I think the most that was revealed about it here was he has this weird deformity, like a classic Bond villain, but it's a surprise what it is. And again, like the selling point for me about um, about him as a villain too. And again, if you're watching this for the first time and you've never seen this movie, then seriously, you're an idiot because why would you watch this and listen to our commentary? Because we're uh, that you know, good. <laughs> he, I mean, he is the only Bond villain, I think, that you can argue actually achieves what he wants to achieve. So yeah. like, he, he technically wins. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know, that's kind of what's unique about this film too, is that the bad guy, he wins. He, I mean, I know he dies, but it's, at the end of the day, he achieves what he wants to achieve, you know? Wait, you mean that Drax's plan wasn't to get Jaws laid? <laughs> Here's to us. <laughs> Can I actually, one thing I need to point out, I don't know if we talked about this, this is kind of off topic, but it's sort of not. I know in one of our episodes, I said that I would go and listen to Spectre, etc. Um, and I don't think, I did listen to it, and I don't think I'd commented on it since I listened to it. Um... Yeah, it's shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's also over, Sorry. too. I know, like, there's a reason why it is, because... <laughs> I mean, look, there were some parts of it that I fi- found mildly like, oh, okay, like, they start off with the barbershop quartet singing the song. I'm like, oh, we couldn't do that, because we suck. But, like, we I don't know. There was just... off a chair. There was just something about it that I couldn't stomach. I'm sorry. You all seem like nice guys, and I'm glad you got entertainment after covering it. And now Spectre Etc. is just nothing. But, yeah, um, I think I think our uh, subtitle on our iTunes page of Not a Rip-Off of Spectre Etc. Uh, is true. <laughs> and the one on the Spectre Etc. page that says a rip-off of 007 is not true, because I don't think we're that similar. But anyway, no, no disrespect. That's the jokingly saying that they're shit. Uh, um, I, I, we're probably yeah. shitter. So. <laughs> I just, I just want to say, I'm glad that we have fans out there that will go on other people's pages and claim they rip us off. <laughs> hey, hey, we haven't had a podcast host on this podcast yet. Uh, stab us in the back and go start their own podcast yet. So it's all. Well, good. we uh, don't know what Noah's been up to for the last year. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> What's this triple on seven I've been seeing out there on iTunes? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a freaky scene, though. Yeah. So good. But here's the thing about Skyfall. I don't think there's a single scene in this movie... that That's when you know it's like a great Bond movie, when you're always looking forward to the next scene, and you're like, oh, I can't wait to watch the scene. You could just watch this one scene on YouTube just for the fun of it. Yeah, even just straight dialogue scenes in those, like the scenes between M and Mallory, you're like, oh, such a good scene. I think it's something like this, which is really ten seconds of the movie, and yet it's amazing. Just the, the way no, he we're... the way he plays it here, where he puts it back in. <laughs> we still get to get the uh, best moment of this entire film, and the star, of course, in Hannah Stokely. <laughs> uh... <laughs> is she on Twitter? <laughs> No, I don't think we ever found... We haven't tweeted anyone yet this episode. No. <laughs> Daniel Craig doesn't have Twitter. Of course he doesn't have Twitter. He's married to Rachel Wise. Why would he need to have Twitter? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's entertainment enough. 
Which is it she sad? Special wise is pretty lucky. Like if you think about that, like wait, she's, she's lucky. She's got... <laughs> well, no, think about think about who she's got to work with in Hollywood here, Colin. She's got to make out with Brendan Fraser in two of the three Mummy movies. And Ray Fiennes. <laughs> and Ray she Fiennes. Was, married to him. was she? Well, she was married to Ray Fiennes in the Constant Gardener. Oh right, I was about to say Jesus. She's like getting married <laughs> to a lot of the James Bond girls. She married to Judy Dench at one point. Keanu Reeves. Yeah, she's she's a lucky lady. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking more. I than really the do come across guys. as gayer every single episode yeah. we do. Don't I? Seriously, I, I honestly consider it a bit of a shame that she's married to Daniel Craig because we will never get her as a Bond girl now. And I think she was born to be a Bond girl. Why couldn't we get her as a Bond girl though? Well, I'm okay. Biggest issue is she's married to Daniel Craig. Um, and so, he, that would be automatic chemistry, well, would it not she's not, not going to be his Bond girl. Maybe we'll, maybe they'll do a 50-year-old Bond girl again You know, for the next actor. It might be awkward. I'm going to come in and sleep with the guy who replaced my husband. But I think the other problem is that she's been a Bourne girl now. So seeing as she's the lead in a Bourne movie, I don't know if it really works to have a crossover into Bond. Well, it worked for Madonna. She did the theme for an Austin Powers movie as well as a Bond film. Did it work for her in either? Well, did, surely you got to at least say you didn't mind her song from Austin Powers. Come I on, don't remember her song. song. Oh, is that the Beautiful, Beautiful Stranger? Stranger? Okay, I, th- yeah. that is funny because that song came up the other day. I think we were in a mall or something like that. And Jamie's like, you know, this is the one Madonna song I think that doesn't make me want to throw up. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? I kind of agree. <laughs> Yeah, we'll take that as a win. <laughs> of course, Rachel Weisz was also in um, Fred Claus. Uh, was oh, she? she was in a Natalie Portman movie, My Blueberry Nights. There you go. Ugh, I won't go watch <laughs> that one. <laughs> Just, can we cover oh, her no. on the Oz Network? We could do all of her movies. Well, she was in a 1997 movie called Bent, where she played prostitute. <laughs> Wait, wait, don't you mean sex worker? <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry, sex worker. <laughs> oh, she was in About a Boy. Oh, we need to do About oh, a Boy. That I is a great about a boy. film. That film, oh. See, we're trying to get all these cult things, like we've got our Brendan Fraser love, our Tobey Maguire love. I really would like to do a Hugh Grant love, and uh, also the Kevin Bacon love really needs to start up yet. I mean, come on. This is just getting weirder and weirder for both of us now, but have you ever seen the Hugh Grant movie Music and Lyrics? <laughs> Yes, I love that movie. It's so good. Oh, that is such a good film. Even though Drew Barrymore is in it. What's wrong with Drew Barrymore? Don't get me started. <laughs> Who's better, Natalie Portman or Drew Barrymore? In what way? <laughs> well, I don't know. In the fact that you don't want to stab either in the neck? <laughs> uh, but I kind of do. Uh... <laughs> Here's a random thing for you, again, off topic, but, I mean, they're just on a computer here, folks. You know, we'll get to it in a minute. Um, you and I both love the 1999 film, Deep Blue Sea, coming soon to the Oz Network. Yeah. Did you know they're making a sequel to that? Yeah, I heard about that. But it's only going to be, like, a television, you know, sci-fi yeah. channel original one. And it's actually got in it uh, a guy who I've interviewed, Michael Beach, who was <laughs> in third, one of the main actors in Third Watch. And I'm actually friends with him on Facebook, so I could easily get an interview with him. Because he's also actually in the Aquaman movie... Move Aquaman movie that sounded very popular, <laughs> um, <Aquaman. laughs> which is filming in Australia right now, and he's like oh, um, really? one of the I don't know who he's like a fairly major character in Aquaman, I believe. But yeah, he's going to be the main person it, in Deep Blue Sea too. I was going to say, is it Aquaman he's playing? <laughs> <laughs> the, the Deep Blue Sea though, the, the practice on the Sci Fi Channel is just 
it's disappointing that there are these great like cult movies from the 90s like hollow man and they only get these sci-fi mm. sequels because i want a proper yeah. hollow man sequel. i want a hollow man meets deep blue sea a crossover <laughs> kevin bacon and michael beach in a movie <laughs> you know what the funny thing is this is way off topic now we're about to get into really good stuff here hannah stokely's coming yeah. but we'll just take one last uh rabbit trail here um, the funniest thing about Deep Blue Sea is I've seen multiple stories on the internet reporting the sequel to Deep Blue Sea, and all of them will say, no word yet on if Samuel Jackson's coming back. I'm like, you do know that the most famous scene from that movie is him getting bitten, We've right? got to stick together! We're <laughs> Like, that's the only... Yeah. People, have ne- people have never seen that movie know that moment. Yeah. Like, I wonder if he's coming back for the sequel. You know, I actually just realized, too, to correct myself, when I just, you know, orgasmed over Michael Beach and Kevin Bacon being in a movie together, I literally just watched the Boston Marathon movie, the bombing movie, uh, Patriot's Day. They're in it together. They have a scene together. So, Hedda Stokely moment. (laughs) Anyway, uh, speaking of Hedda Stokely, she's just driving a train nearby right now. This is a little bit, if you think about it, it is a little bit far-fetched. Like, you talk about all the too outrageous. His plan is so far-fetched. But that is that's kind of like maybe there is an imbalance where you get too serious with the movie where people don't accept it because people do complain about this. But yet, if this were a Roger Moore movie, a Pierce Brosnan movie, they wouldn't question it at all. Yeah, I think that's kind of maybe I think a lot of people maybe felt that way about Spectre, didn't they? It's like kind of they're so used to Bond almost being realistic now that it's kind of like whenever something a bit outlandish happens, like no, that can't happen. It's I guess you have that like with the you know the Batman films, you know, like yeah. well they're making Batman realistic, but it's kind of like at the end of the day you're making a movie about a guy who dresses up as a bat. Like I mean, you know, at the end of the day you're making a movie about a British secret agent here who is James Bond, you know, <laughs> like. Oh, good, there's a train coming, <laughs> said Tom Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> this is where he needs to go back into Bane mode. <laughs> I need you to get on the train. <laughs> yeah, this, I mean, this is very, like, the meticulous planning of this. Oh, yeah. Like, to the T. I mean, is he German? Like, he could just plan everything so well. <laughs> Wait, what does German have to do with it? German efficiency. Everyone knows that. <laughs> Germans are very efficient in <laughs> like planning. That's not even a racist thing. Chambers? That's just... That's a that's a stereotype of Germans. They're very efficient. They're very it, on time. You, They're very... You say that you know, because you're German? I wish I was German. I would proudly shout that from the rooftop. No. That just um, sounds so weird. It's like, German efficiency. I've never heard well, that's that. That's the thing. Google it. Like, you know, the Germans are efficient. The French get invaded. Like, it's just a thing. Like... <laughs> <laughs> bringing something to do with the French it it's Bastille true. Day isn't it <laughs> there's even German one of the first okay, if you start typing in German EFF the first few things that come up on Gurgle 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 Canadian Canadian Google um, the first two things that come up are German efficiency and German efficiency meme I have to see what the German efficiency meme is Hang on, speaking of memes, we're about we're about to get it, aren't we? We're about to get her. Oh yeah, here it comes. Oh, uh, the star of Skyfall. <laughs> See, this is part of the problem with Q, where he's like, he doesn't say anything, he doesn't emote, he's just suddenly like, Bond, get on the train. I want to see him like stressing out a little bit. But he's cool geek, come on. Get on the train. <laughs> I do like how he rolls his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> you can imagine, like, he's getting frustrated. Like, for fuck's sake, you little shit. 
Oh, it's going to Wimbledon. Here she is. Here she is. <laughs> Even his his expression almost matches hers. He's like imitating her there. Open the door. Hannah Stokely, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I want to go to London and just like stalk tube riders. <laughs> you just want to hop on the back and just sort of open the door, just waiting for somebody to look at you like, duh. You know, actually, you know, like the time we're recording this, like, I think we've dated it saying it's July 10. I just said it's Bastille Day. I mean, for fuck's sake, we're in July, right? Um, but like. I actually saw a legitimate story in the last 24 hours saying that the tube in London has stopped, like, they have a, must have an announcement saying, like, hello, ladies and gentlemen, you know, they're British, they're polite, um, but they're, they're to be gender neutral, they're no longer going to say ladies and gentlemen, they're going to say, hello, everyone. <laughs> what? <laughs> Okay, but do they realise that if you say ladies and gentlemen, you are identifying both genders, it's not like... What's wrong with saying ladies and gentlemen? Hashtag 2017. <laughs> <laughs> if you're like, that's all ladies, I can say to that. Just gentlemen. There's, there's somebody who's literally on the escalator in the tube going, I don't know what I am today. That's offensive. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Duh. What am I to do? <laughs> Don't you wish she came oh. back for a cameo at the end? <laughs> I really wish there's... I hope there's bloopers out there. <laughs> like, <laughs> open the door. <laughs> Do that again. <laughs> yeah, like, I want to hear Sam... I want to see, like, the raw footage and Sam Mendy's off-camera. We need a little bit more duh in your duh, and <laughs> Didn't quite believe you were duh enough there. <laughs> now, see sliding down that thing... I've just travelled enough places where I've been down those escalators where they put, like, lumps and, like, little spikes and little things there to stop people from doing that. So I want to see this recut with, like, the big spikes there when they're just, like, getting themselves, like, in between the legs. Well, this was a plan years in the making. Sylvan his crew removed True. it, like, six months ago. And why is everybody in the tube in London dressed so nicely? Like, do, like, rough people not catch the tube in London? Like, I mean... Not in this all... area. <laughs> this is the rich area. <laughs> Where nobody can afford their own car, apparently. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know, <laughs> ladies and gents, <sorry>, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a door. He must have gone in that. <laughs> so this, again, this plan is thwarted if Silver knows how to close it all. Simple. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even Money Penny's bored in this scene. <laughs> like, oh lord! I love the scene though. Like, the oh scene, yeah, especially when it it starts intercutting with her reading the poem and Bond running. It's and the music that plays there is just amazing. G. Ray Fiennes is a good actor, is he not? Yeah, he, he, there's a guy like you go back 15 years ago. He would have been like perfect James Bond. Oh yeah. I mean, he hasn't banged any Qantas flight attendants recently. So. <laughs> Qantas. That, was so, that woman became famous in Australia for about like a year. Can you believe that? 
She actually like posed, I think, nude for like a men's men's magazine. Like the woman who slept with Ray Fiennes on a Qantas plane. Here wait, she wait, is. Wait, wait, wait. You can't call it a men's magazine anymore. <laughs> oh, sorry. An everyone's magazine. <laughs> I do love it. Like, I mean, as, as outlandish as this fucking is. Just, again, the coolness and calmness of him. Yeah. Just be like, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And then, boom, a train fucking comes through the roof. <laughs> yeah. I love Bond's reaction. like, yeah, so? <laughs> you blew a hole in the roof. Ooh. How does a train fit through that? Ah, <laughs> oh, it's awesome. They need to recut this with, like, the scene in Twister when they see that truck, like, in the tornado. <laughs> like, what the hell is that? <laughs> Q, we got trains! <laughs> <laughs> Cut to Hannah Stokely in the... <laughs> Again, do we realise, like, is this in the news the next day? Like, 37 people killed in tube train accidents? Or is this part of his plan? He's like, I want you to rig explosives... And run a train off of its tracks just in case Bond stops me seconds before I escape. And again, does Bond give a shit about the safety of the passengers on that train? (laughs) (laughs) And he just happens to get into the right police car with terrorists in it? Like, what if he actually got into, like, the one with actual police in it? Uh, Oh, uh, Officer Johnson. Uh, I'm a cop. (laughs) I'm a cop. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about police shit. Who is your floor? <laughs> I, totally I speak said, English. I totally said that the other day when Jamie and I were getting in an elevator. Like, who is your floor? And she's looking at me like, what? Like, just I kept it. saying when I was um, in Alaska, when I was in this glacier, I kept saying, like, not ground ice. <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't stop saying that. <laughs> Get security in British buildings is top notch. <laughs> All it takes is wear a police uniform, and <laughs> you know what? You know what bothers me in this? She's talking, what? but yet there's only the one guy, the redheaded guy, there that's making eye contact with her, and then even he looks away. Nobody's making eye contact with her while she's speaking. Who are they looking at? Uh, the MP lady, because she is um, sexy. I don't know. <laughs> Judy she's such still- a good actress. They've just got to soak it in. <laughs> oh, this is awesome. I can listen to the Skyfall soundtrack every mm. day and never get sick of it. It is a good soundtrack. I agree there. And it's it's always been crazy to me that when this came out, there were Bond fans who were like really upset at Thomas Newman's score for this because like it's not a Bond score. I'm like it's more of a Bond score than what we had in Quantum of Solace. And I liked Quantum of Solace. But, like, this is so... Bon- the music that plays right when they're going to the island, this music here, like, this is classic Bond. Why is there no security in that room? Oh, there is. Oh, no, <laughs> Mallory. <laughs> He's jumping over the desk. <laughs> Take your time, Mallory. <laughs> Jesus. He's the first M to ever get shot. There you go. Ooh. Except in the dream sequence in Die Another Day. Come on, Money Penny, do something. 
Is this like being broadcast live on TV? There was a camera there. Yeah, so like exactly. people, people at home watching this. <laughs> They're streaming it on mi6.com. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all, it's all, it's all covered. Like no logos or anything. <laughs> Not mi6. Uh, mi, mi, uh, yeah, seven. <laughs> MS live tweeting during commercial breaks. <laughs> Lol, getting shot at. Uses like a gif. Oh, this is a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> Sending out German efficiency memes. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't James Bond using Twitter? <laughs> Actually, no, I don't want to imagine James Bond using Twitter. <laughs> Selfies of him in his pajama bottoms, but never as underwear. <laughs> Just bang this chick, lol. Drinking a Heineken, lol. Bond on Snapchat using like the dog filter. <laughs> or like one of those voice changer ones. It's like, James Bond, James Bond. James Bond. Hello, I'm Bond. <laughs> that almost sounded like um, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. Hello! <laughs> oh, Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> oh, that's right. He's in Mrs. Doubtfire, isn't he? For the longest time that when, when he was cast, you know, my mom was a big Pierce Brosnan fan from Remington Steel. So when, and I wasn't even really into the Bond movies. I was too young when they had cast him before GoldenEye. And it was such big news everywhere. And she's like, kids, the new James Bond? She's like, I predicted him like 10 years ago. And of course, she always claimed that she predicted him when he was on Remington Steel. Until I found it afterwards, he was officially cast, which is probably where her prediction came from. <laughs> but it's like every time I watch uh, Beethoven and David Duchovny's in Beethoven. I always forget he's in that. Well, I, I, she would only always explain it, saying the new James Bond is the guy from Mrs. Delphire. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. So I didn't even Robin realize. Robin Williams? <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Lawrence? <laughs> <laughs> Sally Field? <laughs> Can we do Mrs. Delphire on our other podcast? Everybody's getting confused. We're suggesting everything but Bond. Oh, here's the car. I love when he goes. This is right when he gets to press the ejector seat, isn't? You know, like, yeah. Go on, do it. Ah, <laughs> oh, the theme. This is good. This is like oh. what the one throwback that we get. You know, it's sort of obvious throwback, right? Well, he, he had running off of the Komodo dragon, kind of like the crocodiles <laughs> in Live Let Die. But it's not like Die Another Day, where it was overtly like we're going to fit in as many references as we can. It's weird, though, because Quantum of Solace did a lot of that. And I don't know why they did that for Quantum of Solace. I mean, I know why they didn't do it for Skyfall, but... It, it, does it, Quantum does it irk you? I was, I was thinking about this the other day. Does it irk you that they never released a film in 2007? So it was like 007. Oh, I never even thought of that. That would have been great. I was thinking about that the other day, like thinking like, you have Casino Royale in 2006, Quantum of Solace in 2008. Like, surely they could have like... Bumped Casino Royale back a year or brought Quantum Souls. Like, I mean, imagine but, the marketing you could have. That's the only time in history, unless they wait to the year 3007. Um, yeah. But, like, you know, that was like marketing gold right well, there. Well, the funny thing is they they had, I mean, they never officially said it, but they obviously 
at one point had a plan where they wanted Quantum of Solace and uh, sorry, uh, Royale. <laughs> wow, <laughs> wow, <laughs> that happened. <laughs> one thing I've consumed Jeez. in the last like four hours is water. <laughs> Um, gassy water in Winnipeg at the moment. <laughs> but yeah, like the original plan for you could even still look it up. The original plan to release Quantum of Solace was going to be only a year and a half after Casino Royale. They wanted it out for the summer of 2008. So they obviously were working on the movies closely enough that they could have pulled off a year if they wanted to. So why not? Would have been awesome. Now here's another the, good like, it's it's great. But again, like we talked up this film and everything but again the the non-british locations are great but i mean nothing in scotland it's my heritage but at the same time it's like it's not completely exotic i mean it's a valley with fog in it i like fog but this is james bond <laughs> i like me some you know. good fog but <laughs> now i honestly i think that this looks incredible this has actually become a pretty big tourist attraction now hasn't it Skyfall or just this? like the the area where they film this, you know, I mm-hmm. believe. I think I read something that like this is a it's kind of like uh, that island from The Force Awakens, like yeah. that's in uh, Scotland or Ireland or something, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. And so, like this, I believe. I mean, it, this is now five years old. This film, but I mean, a lot of these films, like I mean, I was just in Hawaii, and you know, as I said about Lost, but I mean, you know, a lot of the filming locations in that area for like Jurassic Park are still very you know prominent. Yeah. So I mean. It's a lot of these locations permanently stand the test of time where you can go and see it. Like, I mean, speaking of Mrs. Doubtfire, when I went to San Francisco, you drive past the house where then the street where they filmed Mrs. Doubtfire. And straight away you see it, you're like, holy crap, that's the Mrs. Doubtfire house. So, yeah. Because <laughs> there's Robin Williams in the window. He was <laughs> yeah. alive at the time. <laughs> the ghost of Robin Williams. <laughs> I should know he was dead when I went there. Oh, awkward. Anyway. Oh, and there's Skyfall. <laughs> we now know. Oh. I still like it. And, and yet I, I understand it's not what you expected it to be but it was just it was a cool reveal it's the same thing with um i i know i mentioned this before with uh albert finney everybody knew he was in this movie and my brother didn't see this until it came out on blu-ray i brought over i think it was like the day i got the blu-ray i brought it over and showed it to him um and he kept asking me it's like well who does albert finney play and i'm like uh i can't really tell you but it's a good surprise and we're watching this and all of a sudden it's like so he's basically the nanny then, right? <laughs> yes. He's Alfred. <laughs> and of course, we all remember him and him banging in the background. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Emma. <laughs> Emma. Now, everybody, if you back. haven't watched this in a while, just get ready for Home Alone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What'd you get? Yeah, even when I saw this, I didn't have to watch Honest Trailers to get it. I was at the time, I'm like... Dun, 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 dun. No. <laughs> I, from the moment I saw this sequence, I realized, okay, this is clearly like Home Alone here. I don't think they realized that. But yet it doesn't kill the movie at all. It's still no, amazing. No, of course not. But it's, it's, it's so funny to think that like you can compare James Bond to a Home Alone film. <laughs> <laughs> now, how, how badly do you want Albert Finney back in another Bond movie? Like, it has to happen. Well, because he doesn't die, does he? he yeah. He's still there, right? Yeah. I want him and Felix to show up in the same car. Yeah. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. Hello, Bond. I've been hanging with my mate Felix. Here's a question for you. I, I don't know if you kind of saw the article, but I, I I think we were maybe maybe planning, and we'll probably talk about this more in a, another episode 
around the casting and that sort of stuff, but they were whis- whispers that the Broccolis were maybe interested in doing a James Bond expanded universe, yeah. a la like Marvel and all that sort of stuff. And again, we'll talk about this more, I feel, in another episode, but is that something that you kind of think could work or wouldn't work? Like, I, okay, here's the thing. You could do it, but they would all just be spy movies. I mean, I'm not saying spy movies are interchangeable. The great thing about spy movies is they all have really complex plots and everything. But it's sold by the characters, and James Bond is the character you love. Yeah, you love Q and you love Money Penny, but have you ever heard somebody mention why they love Q or Money Penny or M and not mention a scene they were in with Bond or how they play off of Bond? Exactly. So I, I don't think that there's a character that you could do, and they're going to probably do like the, what they tried to do with Triple X and uh, with Wei Lin and Jenks, where they're like, oh, we'll just give a spin off to our next female character, but I don't think anybody's really going to see it. Yeah, I agree. I was having this conversation with somebody the other day, and that's exactly my point. I think the difference between this and, say, like a Marvel or a DC or, you know, the, the Dark Universe and that, with the mummy mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff, is that, yeah, like, what what are you saying when you say the James Bond expanded? You, like, you're saying literally the character's name, and that's, this is what those films are about. Yeah. Um, is one man. And, like, I think, you've, you, I think you could have maybe done that back in the day when you had, like, such iconic... Like, I mean, would we not love a, a film with, like, Trevelyan and Bond, like, you mm-hmm. know, before they... Before Goldeneye and, you know, like a Wei Lin film? And I'm not going to say Jinx because I know you'll disagree with that. But, like, I mean, like, the only one you can probably think of that would work would be a Felix film. No, 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 um, I got one. The custody no. battle between Oberhauser and Kincaid. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Kramer versus Kramer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Got it. That sold it. Yep. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I don't. I mean, it's exciting to think of the prospect. But again, like it's it, Bond's been going long enough uh, that you just you have a film every couple of years. That's enough. I, I, I it's you know. I know kind of you might argue like, well, Star Wars did that, but I mean, Star Wars is so much different in the fact that you can easily tell these stories because there's, um, there's so many different characters. And and that's the where, other thing is that even though you have, you know, three lead characters in each trilogy, people will say my favorite character is C-3PO. You could do a C-3PO spinoff and there are people who will want to yeah. see it. Nobody's going to go into Bond and say, oh, you know what I love best for the Bond movies? Money Penny. Like <laughs> that James guy's okay, but she really steals the show. Yeah. I mean, I, I want a Tanner spinoff. Uh, that's, that's that's what I'm fighting for. <laughs> Tanner on the team is coming soon. <laughs> With Hannah Stokely. It actually reminds me, because I, I think we talked about another episode that I just recently watched, Casper. Uh, yeah, <laughs> when they like arrive in that house and she's like going through that all that sort of stuff. Where's uh, was it? Fatso, stinky, and stretch. <laughs> so, do you think uh, M does this in her spare time? <laughs> As we were talking about Pierce Brosnan before, did you see that? There's a trailer for that movie with like him and Jackie Chan in it. What is it called? Like the Foreigner or something like that? Did you see? Oh, that? I haven't seen the trailer yet. No, looks quite interesting. I actually love that Pierce Brosnan has made a career out of basically taking typecasting and going the opposite route. Like, he's always playing a character that that seems you could compare it to Bond in some way. And then when you watch the movie, you're like, wow, that's not James Bond at all. Like, um, you know, Thomas Crown's a perfect example. It's like, okay, he's James Bond, like, could be a thief. And uh, the November Man's another one. It's like he's a really 
shady Bond. Or Taylor of Panama, same thing. And there was one uh, he did with Owen Wilson, uh, what was it called, like No Escape or something? Did you see that? No, no, I haven't. It's uh, it's basically like a family. With, there's like um, some type of uprising in this country. You know, a rebellion starts, and this family's stuck as this rebellion's going on around them. And Pierce Brosnan plays like this CIA guy who's just trying to get them out. But again, it's like the exact opposite of what we expect. It's basically James Bond at the beginning of this movie, you know, drinking his Heineken. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, I, one movie I did see recently with a James Bond actor in it that I know we've brought up before, I think it was in the Living Daylights episode, uh, Toy Story 3, uh, yeah. Mr. Pricklepants. <laughs> There's a guy who took the, the Bond stereotype and ran with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mr. Pricklepants and James Bond, one and the same. I can't wait for Daniel Craig to appear in Toy Story 4 as Mrs. Pricklepants. <laughs> well, hey, he's been random stormtrooper. <laughs> uh, is, does that count when we eventually do, like, I know we've talked about it for ages, but when we eventually, like, look at the film careers outside of Bond of the Bond actors, do we have to do The Force Awakens for uh, <laughs> 007 as well as The Oz Network? Because technically Daniel Craig's in it. <laughs> If we had to pick, this is, again, completely off topic, but who knows what our next project's going to be if we run out of commentaries and Noah's still not back from Triple uh, R7 or whatever he's doing in <laughs> Norway. Um, if you had to pick, like, three Daniel Craig movies that would be the perfect movies Too for right a James fan. <laughs> oh, I was afraid you'd say that. <laughs> Seriously, I would do Tomb Raider. Like, I'm not even joking. Like, I would honestly suggest Tomb Raider because, I mean, it's, it is, you know, it's a pretty rubbish film, but, like, it's still just, <laughs> I don't know. It's just something. But that, that, I think maybe we would need to, like, that could be a, a project we would do in the fact that if we choose three, like, because there's three of us, because Noah still exists, yeah. we maybe could say, like, let's choose the one that we knew him from before Bond. Right. So, yeah. like, in all seriousness, that would be Tomb Raider for me, and that would be, what was it, um, the one for you, um, yeah, and whatever Noah's is. Um, but, like, I mean, I'm really excited for that new one that he's coming out in where he's, like, yeah. the Southern American <laughs> the dude in the NASCAR heist. That just looks awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, okay, <laughs> the let's wet talk bandits about have guns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just a quick question. What's better to you, Home Alone 1 or Home Alone 2? Home Alone 1? Oh. I like Home Alone 2 better. I've always liked Home Alone 2 Okay, I'll say this on Home Alone 2 before we actually get on topic again. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Everything is great about Home Alone 2 until you get to the robbery sequence in the house. Like, some Mm. old rundown house. And just things they did in that, like the electrocution where you see his skull, just too much. I will agree. That is a bit silly. But I I still... I I mean, I was was my New York obsession, I guess. But uh, I don't know. I've always... uh, Tim Curry, where they're like, uh, you've been smooching with everybody. It's like, uh, uh, Cliff, and like, he's lying, it's a lie. <laughs> yeah. I always forget that Rob Schneider's the bell guy. Oh, yeah. Like, we don't watch that. I'm like, it's Rob Schneider. Um, all right, so back on topic, the climax. Yeah. You mentioned that you don't... Climax. <laughs> climax. Presents. <laughs> you mentioned you don't really care for the Daniel Craig climaxes, uh, I I can kind of agree with you in that I I don't think that they're they're bad climax. I think one of the problems is that Spectre because it takes place at night in an old rundown building, it feels too similar to this. Um, but I love this climax. 
I love the Casino Royale one. I will say it took oh, it took a couple of viewings for the Casino Royale one to grow on me. One of the reasons I think that there is that opinion, though, is that they have their biggest action sequences in the middle of the movie so often, I think, with the, the Daniel Craigs. I just think that on a grand scheme of things in the Bond universe, I think Noah kind of summed it up well a lot of the time when he says, like, when's the last time we had a movie where, like, it's like so many henchmen and, like, an army coming in and battling, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know, like, well, this I'd is love them to... Kind of an army. I'd love them to, but like even like a Bond arm, like where's where's the British government? You know, like, I don't know. It's it's ninjas. just like we need more ninjas. Yeah. <laughs> I um, yeah, I mean, like they kind of they do grow in you, like they're unique in their own way. Like even Quantum of Solace, like I mean, it's they've got some great visuals and they they're well shot. It's not they're not well done. I mean, this the bit where the house is on fire and they're walking through the field and the flames and just like it looks awesome. And this I like this bit with like the music playing. Oh yeah, so good. It was like the helicopter, I think that like that's awesome. But I don't know. It just again, like if you just si- simply analyze the Craig films, it's like the the end sequences in a house, in a hotel, <laughs> in London. <laughs> it's just it doesn't sound as grand as like you know, um, just a, a dish in the middle of a lake yeah. and a and a, a boat in the middle of the water with a drill on it and you know a submarine in ter- like it's I don't know. It's just it's my tropes of Bond. But, I mean, I it's still, I like, think, they still work. It's just they're not as brilliant as some of the other ones. I still think it's just that there's bigger and better action scenes earlier in the movie. Because if you take Casino Royale, the uh, chase in the Miami airport is by far the yeah. best sequence in the movie. Uh, in Spectre, it's obviously, like, the day that you could take some of the Day of the Dead sequence, the car chase. I think they're both superior. Um, I don't know if Skyfall has one better than the the climax here uh quantum assaults they're all just kind of brief so in a way i think the climax is the best action sequence of the movie hmm. yeah it's it's just different i guess like i mean i was thinking like the the opening sequences are better than the closing sequences but i mean then you've got to think of well quantum solace really uh yeah. casino royale like i mean it's just no one getting shot in a hotel um but i mean you know they they work in their own way i love I mean, it's child home here gets destroyed <laughs> <laughs> where's like his teddy bear yeah <laughs> his bowling trophies or something uh, what's like the that. mr burns teddy bear what's the name with the oh is a boo something boo <laughs> no no it's like it's something yeah i know what you're talking about <laughs> boo boo i'm saying boo earns <laughs> Uh, what no these secret passages you got to imagine like what were they actually built for <laughs> rape dungeon <laughs> bond learnt young yeah they're smuggling like something <laughs> what like people across the field <laughs> <laughs> it's scotland get the haggis in the tunnel <laughs> oh i love every like i i mentioned earlier like silva's reactions to things his reaction when the house blows up here, just the look on his face is brilliant. Like Javier Bardem should have gotten an Oscar nomination for this. I don't care. Tommy Lee Jones yeah. and Lincoln, come on. <laughs> you know, I realized when I watched The Fugitive recently that Tommy Lee Jones won an Oscar for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's I mean, funny. that's a great movie. I'm not taking away it from is. The Fugitive. I fucking love that movie. But I think really, just like he won an Oscar for that. They weren't used to Tommy Lee Jones. They didn't realize that that just was him playing himself. And it's great every time he does it. Like the the first, I remember the first Captain America movie. I'm like, wow, Tommy Lee Jones is playing Tommy Lee Jones. But hey, I'm glad to see him do it. 
it's just there it's are those weird. actors, aren't there, that they play the same character, but you don't care. Yeah, there are some that really piss you off. They're like, oh, yeah. God, they're the same in every movie. But there are some that, like. I'm an Adam Sandler fan. I'm going to admit it. And, like, I mean, the, the appeal of being an Adam Sandler fan is he's kind of the same person in every film, but you don't yeah. care because you like Adam Sandler. Like same with Will Ferrell. I fucking love Will Ferrell, but he's the same in every movie, but that's great because you like Will Ferrell. Yeah. I mean, in a way, Kevin Spacey's the same. His character's a little bit different, but Kevin Spacey plays every character kind of the same. And, and it's, but he's Kevin so Spacey is amazing. Yeah. Well, so is, so is uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, yeah, I love Tommy Lee Jones. Except can can we like, seriously get Kevin Spacey as a Bond villain, please? <laughs> yeah, well, it was between him and Christoph Waltz. <laughs> I want Frank Underwood. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, completely like breaking the fourth wall in the middle of a Bond film. <laughs> now, you don't think I'm going to kill him? Oh, I can't do a Frank Underwood impersonation. <laughs> that's that's that sounds like Christopher Walken. <laughs> more, more power. <laughs> We need more, more volts. <laughs> Claire, Claire Underwood. <laughs> no. um, here's a question. There were kind of the two stories that floated around about M in this movie. One was that Judy Dench wanted to retire because um, her health or her vision, I guess, was starting to fade and that she sure wanted hair. to start taking a step back from acting. The other story was that it was scripted this way and that she had no idea. Which one do you think is more likely? I would say scripted and had no idea because, I mean, she's been in things since this, right? I'm just looking here. Yeah, she's been in plenty of things since um, this. So if she really wanted to take a step back, I mean, she's been in three movies alone in 2017. So, yeah, can I just point out, I don't know if you're going to ask this. step down? I... I, Maybe not wanted to, but I mean, maybe you do get to a point of a character where you might want to keep going, but for the benefit of the story, it's better to step down, if you know what I mean. Like, I, I, I don't know. I had no idea, can I just point out, I had no idea that she, this was her last film or that she was going to die. That was a big shock to me. I knew that it was her last movie. Um, I, I just had no idea that they would go this far <laughs> to write her out. Oh, no, so his reaction's coming up. I no idea. This, this turns into Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Big boulder behind him. Boof. Meanwhile, the poor helicopter pilots. <laughs> See, somebody dies in this movie. Again, this is where you need the Austin Powers, you know, cut to the henchman's wife. No one ever understands what it's like for the wife of a henchman. <laughs> but he was like a father to me. <laughs> Why haven't we done the Austin Powers films yet? (laughs) Oh, this reaction from Bond here. Uh Uh-oh. Ouch. Here's Silva just... He he has joy, almost, in in losing. He's like, ooh, you just made this a real contest. I just love that shot there of, like, the fire, like, the glow. Oh, I thought you meant Kincaid feeling up him. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, they're just going to go off and have a quickie in the house before she dies. Spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> so just the way he's looking around, it's almost like, can anybody tell me what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> I 
He needs um Mommy. night vision goggles. <laughs> Mommy. <laughs> Why don't you make sure Bond's dead, you lazy prick? <laughs> He's only worried about M. This is what's like making the cool Silver. villain though. What do you mean? I was gonna say it makes him a cool villain. That like, realistically, he doesn't give a shit about Bond. He wants to kill him. Yeah, like, is, yeah. Is exactly. he the only Bond villain that doesn't want to kill James Bond? I don't. I don't know if he even tries to kill Bond. <laughs> we just got his henchmen to do it. <laughs> yeah, that is oh, a great shot. I, that silhouette. Yeah, with the fire in the background, and, and when they get to the lake too. Did you ever see Sam M- Mendy's movie Jarhead? No, I've only seen oh, American I- Beauty. So. <laughs> Jarhead's such a good movie. Um, this totally reminds me of Jarhead where they're walking through the desert and the oil fields are burning in Iraq. That's kind of what that shot looked like. Sam Mendy's just ripped himself off. My favourite, you mentioned the Honest Trailer before, I think my favourite part of the Honest Trailer for this is when um, they get there and they're talking at the beginning and they're like, comes from the visionary director whose most famous action scene is this. And they show like the floating <laughs> plastic, plastic bag from American Beauty. <laughs> Uh, it is funny, though, because he hadn't really... I, I remember being kind of uh, skeptical. Not really, I mean, you hear Sam Mendes is doing Bond. It's kind of like hearing now Christopher Nolan could be doing Bond. You know it's going to be good one way or the other, but you sit there and you scratch your head. Ah, how would Sam Mendes do a big Bond action scene? Because the joke about the plastic bag aside, the closest thing he had... Jarhead is a movie about soldiers in Iraq who don't fire a single shot. It's like, no matter what they do, they keep wanting to get in on the action, and it never happens. Road to Perdition's a movie about mobsters killing each other in the 1930s, and yet the biggest violent scene in that movie is done in slow motion with no sound. So Hmm. you do wonder, what is a Sam Mendes action scene going to look like? And really, he pulls it off like anybody else would. It's kind of like, that with Christopher Nolan because like Christopher Nolan yeah he's done action as far as superhero movies Inception but you don't look at that and think James Bond it'd be interesting to see if Nolan does get the nod how that will go though not ground ice (laughs) (laughs) oh there's the henchman make sure you kill Bond why don't you pull the trigger right now (laughs) one shot you Again, I know we've been nitpicky. It's not like we haven't watched, you know, 20 odd of these films before and covered them all. But I mean, seriously, if this is real life, just shoot him! (laughs) Make sure Bond's dead. Bang. All right, done. Cool. That I mean, that seriously, imagine, like, if that's how they get rid of Craig. Like, you obviously, you're like, oh, James Bond will never die. Yeah. And then it's just all of a sudden, like, in this sequence in, you know, Bond 25, and just bang, he dies. You're like, oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I, well, I know that's... I mentioned it um, with Honor Majesty's Secret Service, but my brother had always said, I just once want to see a movie die. Or not want to see a movie die. <laughs> just the movie industry. See, see Quantum of Solace. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like, I just once want a movie to end where just randomly somebody gets like shot in the face and that's the end of the movie. <laughs> or like stabbed in the throat. And I saw Honor Majesty's Secret Service. I didn't tell him, like, you got to watch the last scene. And I didn't tell him why. I'm like, because it happens. And then I show it to him, and he's just like, it's like, well, somebody finally had the guts to pull it off. <laughs> well, it's like uh, we were talking about Deep Blue Sea before. I mean, pretty much everyone in that film dies, except for yeah. like, LL Cool J and the other dudes. So, yeah. Like, 
Yeah, I mean, there are some. It's, it's interesting, like, there's always that theory, isn't there, about, um, you know, James Bond isn't a person, it's a title. Oh. So, I mean, they could... Uh, no, it's not true, and but, like, I mean, they could always... orphans, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, they could always live up to that theory, couldn't they, and kill him off, and then, you know... But So, if that were true, is it, like, a prerequisite you... You know, they, they look for that spot on your resume where it says favorite drink martini shaken not stirred <laughs> you just you just have to like you have to go into that character <laughs> you know, like, yeah <laughs> well it's just very coincidental they're all very method coincidental spies. <laughs> method spies yeah now is that really is that is that the first time we've ever seen his parents names i swear they're yeah. different names in another film aren't they no. or it's, it's the first time... I mean, I don't think his parents are even mentioned outside of Casino Royale. Andrew and Monique. There was another film, though, wasn't there, where they said his parents were killed in a client? There's been a few, but they just... You don't hear their names. Okay. Andrew and Monique. <laughs> Andrew and Monique. Does that, does that sound like James Bond's parents to yeah. you? <laughs> Mummy, Daddy. <laughs> does that mean his mom is French? Oh, God, No! <laughs> I wonder they died in a climbing accident. She probably surrendered to the snow. <laughs> surrendered to the Germans. German efficiency wins again. Oh, no, the snow is coming to me. I better give up. <laughs> I'm French. <laughs> oh, look at that Kincaid. Doesn't even take a bullet. See, the guy's still there. Bring him back. Forget Felix. Poor Felix. I, I know I've said this before. I love Jeffrey Wright as Felix. He was uh, in I, something I was watching lately. What was he in recently? He's in so I many things. Him. I was like, oh, it's, it's Felix. Yeah, what? Like, how excited did you get in uh, Spectre when they mentioned Felix? And he's not even oh. there. Like, oh. I mean, you also... I think we talked about that theory, too, that um, they were saving her to be the um, uh, Bond girl for a future movie because she doesn't die there. Monica Bellucci. Yeah, yeah, her character doesn't die. Oh, Felix is going to get her out. She's coming back for another Bond movie. It's kind of like how they've just said, you know, Jeff Goldblum's coming back to the Jurassic Park franchise. It's like, oh, and here's Jeffrey Wright coming back to the... Yay! (laughs) Never bring anybody new in. No, exactly. Just shoot her! (laughs) (laughs) Put her out of her misery. (laughs) Oh, so sad. <laughs> Hold on. There's something we need to do here. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> it's snarling. <laughs> and uh, Silver doing his best impersonation of an Australian Prime Minister right now, getting knifed in the back. Australians will get that joke. over my Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> to all our Australian listeners out there, you're laughing right now. You're welcome. Look, look at James Bond doing his best impression of a Canadian Prime Minister being handsome. <laughs> <laughs> Forgetting Alberta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's for Nova Scotia, Quebec, <laughs> Ontario. Manitoba, British Columbia, <laughs> Yukon, Northwest Territories, Nunavut. <laughs> 
<laughs> just like the Simpsons episode. This is for the Commonwealth of Australia. <laughs> and this is for the United States of America. The toilet flushes backwards and Homer salutes it. It's not even true. That's not even true. The whole episode was ruined for me. Oh, hang oh. on. Emotional scene here. So is it sad that she's going just when she got bangable? <laughs> <laughs> what? Some people just reach their peak at 78 or whatever she is. <laughs> so right now, everybody's like emotional ends dying. Right now, you've got an erection. Uh, <laughs> I can imagine if she was burning to death right now. You just want him to throw her back into the Skyfall house and burn her alive. And meanwhile, you've got some woman standing out the front going, My baby! My baby! My baby! <laughs> People, you're going to have to listen to other pod. This is what we do. Download we confuse to listen to it. Yeah. We've got to tie in. We're, we're, this is the Oz Network Expanded Universe. <laughs> <laughs> it's the ONCU. <laughs> oh, we finally got the rights to the Spider-Man films. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he removes his hat. What a gentleman. <laughs> now, is this Bond, Bond crying? How often does Bond cry? He didn't cry for Tracy. So this is the first time that Bond cries, right? Yeah. Which, Did he cry for okay. Vespa? No. no. Um, and I know people try to say, oh, well, the, like, the issue is that they don't think it's masculine for him to cry. That's not it. The whole point is that Bond is such a... He's just the type of person where he's not going to let that bother him. Like, he's gone through his parents' death and Vespa's death and everything, and that's part of, like, just his defense mechanism. He won't cry. I think it's a good thing that he cries. Like, I mean, he's allowed. I mean... Hey, look at this. The sun's out for the first time in the whole movie. (laughs) That is a great shot of him on that roof, though, like, looking over the... So, London. Money, Penny. (laughs) This is where she says it, right? Uh, Well, the next scene. But these two, these are the ones where now I can watch her and think Money, Penny. Because she looks like a secretary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, she just plays... It's kind of the same thing as... Um, and again, I don't know if this is the, the script or if it's just like Ray Fiennes and Naomi Harris, their their acting ability that they can turn it on where suddenly they just come across like Money Penny and M. You know, you know, like that famous scene where Ray Fiennes came across like Money Penny. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Naomi Harris. Lois like, Maxwell interpretation. It was just yeah. incredible. <laughs> But, like, I know I said it, and uh, you are Noah both kind of groan every time I do say it, that Naomi Harris is my favorite money penny. Uh. And I don't mean that, well, no, I don't mean that as a whole. I mean, yes, you look at Lois Maxwell, and she had years and years and so many brilliant scenes, but I think not so much here, but Spectre, what Naomi Harris has in Spectre, I don't think you could take any money penny in a single movie and hold it up to what Naomi Harris does in uh, Spectre and, you know, have it even compare. I just think they're different films, though. That's the thing. Like, I mean, I don't think you would get away with as much as I don't like the background of Money Penny. But I mean, would you ever get away with just Money Penny like being a straight out secretary? <laughs> well, sorry, my mind was elsewhere here. <laughs> Get mind out of the gutter, you filthy bastard! Uh, <laughs> it's in the next movie when she's in her panties. <laughs> Events like, I mean, in, in you know the 2010s, would you ever get away with just having a straight-out secretary character, you know? Like, it, it just... In a world where you can't say ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know? Well, she's an executive assistant, is what she is. 
Right, because we've got to label things what the fuck they are. Like, you know, <laughs> like... I mean, come on. Oh, I'm and here's... secretary. <laughs> That's what Bond was thinking. <laughs> oh, God, Colin, you're on fire here. <laughs> um, yeah, see, here's just... Everything that Ray Fiennes does here is like M, and he hasn't changed his character. Well, this is this is the 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 door. This is the real exciting, the pat- you know, the padded door, the office. Do we see Judy Dench's office in the Daniel Craig's at least? Uh, uh, it's up there with the underwear in the rain, not off the top <laughs> of my head. Uh, and here we go. This is not where it should be. No, I've, I've said many times on this show. I don't mind them putting it on the end, especially here in these movies, because they wanted this to tell like an origin story of Bond. So let's give the gun barrel at the end of Quantum of Solace. And here, let's do it at the end, because how else are you going to have like this great... If the final moment of the 50th anniversary of Bond is with pleasure, M, and they just fade to credits, you're like, oh, that's not very exciting. You have the final moment, the gun barrel, and people want to cheer at the end, which is what happened when I saw this both times. People cheered. Well, I remember Noah and I saying, Spectre, we cheered when they had it at the beginning of the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, this had a Stokely's name. She's in the credits. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Oh, Ben Cook did the stunts. Of course he did. It stood out for me that it was definitely a Ben Cook stunt movie. There's a lot of stunt people. (laughs) Yeah. Those were just for M's death scene. I really would like to know, like, grip. Like, how do you become grip in a Hollywood film? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> do you go to a studio I'd really like to grip shit <laughs> work on your hand strength <laughs> yeah accounts oh the financial controller what a what a role <laughs> how is that in a credit like can you imagine there's some accountant in London who's like I was in a James Bond film I don't believe me look at the credits of Skyfall I know I mentioned this before that hey Robert King Robert I'd King's like, alive I'd like to do <laughs> he's a the, driver yeah. <laughs> Orin Beaton. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis Leary. <laughs> Download the Oz Network. <laughs> uh, no. Okay, so while we're rolling the credits here, any last things to say on Skyfall? Uh, I mean, it's still a good film. Uh, even, I mean, we even should be watching in the background with you know the yeah. sound turned down and subtitles on and talking about. Uh, Sticky Mick Johnson or whatever his name was. Sticky <laughs> like, John John. Yeah, this movie loses nothing. Like you could watch this yeah. movie mute with no subtitles and still just visually, you, you just you love it. <laughs> like I did with Goldfinger. Um, that's yeah. why we killed Roger Moore because I didn't have any sound. <laughs> just, you know. um, yeah, I mean, absolutely, I, I agree with you. I mean, it's it's kind of I always talk about like those Bond films you can just put on and just like have fun. I mean. I wouldn't say this is the funnest James Bond film, but I mean, you can still easily just watch this. Um, And as I was saying before, like, even if you've never seen James Bond, I mean, this is still just a great film out of the context of the James Bond universe, you know? So, um, yeah, I I agree. Uh, This came in at number seven overall on our rankings, uh, just for those who want to know. Or the individual ones. You you put it at six, uh, Noah put it at tenth, and I put it at eighth. Yes, I did put Die Another Day ahead of Skyfall. So, uh. <laughs> um, here's another question. I mentioned like I saw this opening night right before I got as sick as I've ever been in my life, a week before my wedding. Uh, the second time I saw this was when we were in the Bahamas. I know I mentioned that before. I don't remember if I ever mentioned it, but it was fun that 
the opening sequence, the audio was completely out. And we're watching a silent movie. And you do that here in Canada, and people are groaning and screaming and running out to <laughs> tattle. Your projection is screwed up or whatever. We saw this in Bahamas. People just sat there. They didn't say anything. The theater is half full. <laughs> and I, after about five minutes, I'm like, I don't think anybody knows about this. And I went out and had to tell the staff. <laughs> you're, you're the very polite in the Bahamas. Like, oh, they this are. must be one Way of those silent fun. films from Britain. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what were your experiences? You should, you should have just dubbed over in the background. You should have just been like, pew, pew, pew. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> James Bond. Take the shot. Take the shot. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Bane. <laughs> uh, what were your experiences of seeing this? I saw it once. I saw it with my father. Uh, I remember walking out thinking like, wow, that was unique. And I think my dad was like, well, that wasn't very good. <laughs> well, actually, no, I shouldn't say that. I don't think my dad didn't like the film. I just think, again, he's very much like, well, that's not a James Bond film. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I again, you know, the first time I ever saw a Bond movie more than once in the cinemas was Spectre. So, um, yeah, I think I saw Spectre three times, did I not? Or two times? I can't remember. At least twice. But, um, yeah, I, I'm not like you. I didn't go see movies a lot of the times more than once. <laughs> I, I was uh, poor. <laughs> I, I'm ashamed to say this, but the only Bond movie I've seen three times in its... Oh, no, Dine wait, I saw, World, I saw World is Not Enough three times. I also saw Die Another Day three times. How many times did you say you saw Phantom Menace? I don't even want to give them. <laughs> like, a rough it's, guess. It's double digits. It's well Jesus. into the double digits. That Actually, is crazy. All all of these Star Wars movies, um, with the exception of Force... Like, the original ones, I was too young. But, like, that's how big of a Star Wars fan I am. Is I also should say I lived across the street from the cheap movie theater. You know, when a movie's been out for... We don't have them in Hobart. We just have the same one. But anyway. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, <laughs> a movie will be out for three, four months. And then it'll go to just this cheap movie theater where they have maybe smaller screens and because it's been out forever you only have to pay like two three dollars to get in so seeing star wars that many times i was living across the street from one of those and i'm like oh what am i gonna do i'll watch star wars plus you must have a lot of friends uh (laughs) (laughs) none of them went to see star wars with me (laughs) oh but no i did see die another day three times uh i saw world's not enough three times uh, Casino Royale, Quantum, Quantum of Solace only saw once, Casino Royale twice, Skyfall, and Spectre twice. I believe the only time I've ever seen a movie three times at the cinemas, I can't, I'm pretty sure I only saw Spectre twice, but I definitely know I saw Force Awakens three times, and I saw The Day After Tomorrow three times. So <laughs> I'll say, <laughs> I, saw, I saw The Force Awakens, I think, eight or nine times, and that is the least wow. of the Star Wars movies that have come out as long as I've been old enough to see them. <laughs> That is insane. That is, that is, wow. Okay. Anyway. Um, Random draw. So, we, now I've just, I've got, I've gone to our favorite andrew.hedges.name forward slash experiments forward slash random forward slash original.html. But I've just also noticed that if you Google random number generator, Google also now has their own random number generator. So I can put yep. in number one, maximum 24. Shall we use the Google one or shall we use Andrew Hedges? Well, Andrew Hedges gave us Die Another Day against every effort I had. Um, so All let's right. Give... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> let's give Google a... Wow. That also happened. Uh, contagious here. <laughs> <laughs> you just say that your wife brings diseases. That's nice. <laughs> um, I, I'm really feeling... I really want a Brosnan film. We've only done um, World is Not Enough. Oh, no, we did Die Another Day. Die another but, day. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I want them all. We Didn't we do Goldeneye too? 
No, we were going... I think that was on our list, but then we changed it. We did something else. Because I think that was last time we were like, oh, we need to do a Craig film. So, yeah. uh, all right. So, are we ready? I'm going to press this. Yeah. Pressing the button now, and we get number eight, which is Live and Let Die. Well, I oh, mean, it's a right. okay. film. I guess I'm we excited. should do a Roger film. So Yeah. And it's his first. That, that makes sense. We got Yeah, we should do a Roger one. Rest in peace, and Roger. I mean, obviously, our Sean Connery tribute episode would have come out between now and then. So, <laughs> well, Here's something interesting. I, I try to go through all the Bond movies every year to two years. Um, the last time I watched Live and Let Die was when we covered it for our recap like two years ago and Mm. when i saw it that time i don't know if it was because i was taking notes and recapping but i enjoyed it so much more it was always like one of my bottom three bond movies and then i don't know where it was in my rankings we'll find out in the next episode but it moved up quite a bit doing that recap last time i haven't seen it since then so it's gonna be interesting to see if that was just a fluke and i hate live and let die again or if i really (laughs) do enjoy it more now was definitely one of my least favorites. I think it might have been my second worst Bond film, only above Moonraker from memory. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see that. But uh, we look forward. And should uh, you mentioned about two years ago, I believe within the last week, because again, we're in July somewhere. Who knows where we've finished? We started on the 10th Bastille Day, and now we're probably in like the 30th of July. But um, we, we did just cross our two year anniversary. So, um, oh. just happy birthday to us. Yay! We We're lost one of our hosts along the way. We're sorry. He died. <laughs> we just shot him. <laughs> so he'll probably be back for Live and Let Die. Well, now that you've mentioned that he died, it'll happen. Sorry, Noah's <laughs> no family. Attribute it. <laughs> no attribute Do we do that? If one of us died, do we do a tribute episode to the other do. host? <laughs> oh, okay. So if you die, I'm not going to have to struggle to get Noah on the episode. <laughs> like We need to do a tribute yeah. episode to Colin. Remember that time I mean- Colin was alive? If Ben dies, it may be like the celebration. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean, might be? It will be. (laughs) Ben's dead! Yes, he's Cable, our third co-host. He's been waiting a long time. Uh, But if you have missed any of our episodes in the last two years, and for some reason this is the first, uh, we do have other episodes that are better than this. Uh, You can find us on iTunes and... um, the other ones that I can't remember off the top of my head, but you can also, you can leave, you can leave us ratings and feedback and stuff. Cause we appreciate that. And, uh, our website is double7.wordpress.com. We're cheap. We can't afford a domain name. So we just use the <laughs> WordPress one. Uh, <laughs> that's kind should, of updated. You should thank everybody for downloading the Roger Moore tribute episode. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, in, like, in all seriousness, most downloaded that episode we ever had. Uh, by a long shot that that episode went through the roof so uh, obviously a lot of Roger Moore fans out there and I'm sure he would say it's quite illuminating uh, but it, we should also mention that there actually is a, a new autobiography coming out that I think he writing beyond the grave I don't know I saw them <laughs> on his uh, Facebook page and official Twitter obviously that he'd been working on it before he died so uh, that's coming out soon if I yeah. learn how to read between now and then I'm sure I <laughs> We can maybe do an episode on it. Uh, but, yeah, thank you to everybody who did download that and all our other episodes, too. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. I know we will get a, a random tweet every now and then from people saying they've discovered our podcast. So uh, we, we do a, obviously appreciate uh, everybody tuning in, and we thank you for your support. And, again, uh, forward apologies if any Bond actor does die between uh, now <laughs> And uh, when this gets released, this is why generally I'm going to release this pretty soon. Yeah, so, that, so we can get the jump on the death and claim claim it as our own. 
Oh my god, Siri, can you imagine if Connery actually does die? That is gonna be like the worst. Like, we're gonna get arrested. You know, we are gonna. <laughs> I, if you hadn't mentioned it up until now, we would have been in the clear. <laughs> Sean, hold on! Don't go towards the light! <laughs> hold on! Alright, um, thank you for your company. My name is Ben, and Boo! And my name is Colin, but you can call me Sticky McTom. Gun. Short. Agent. Provocateur. Woman. Provocatrix. M. Pitch. Murder. Employment. Slavery. Double seven reporting for duty. Ran out of drink where you were, did they? Good luck, Double Seven. Don't cock it up. I'll do my best. Bronson's down. Well, my name's Eve. Eve Moneypenny. I look forward to our time together, Miss Moneypenny. Me too. I'm sure we'll have one or two close shaves. World first time for everything. What makes you think this is my first time? Oh, there's a problem. I'll find a hotel. Well, you're bloody well not sleeping here. And like all great ladies, she still has her secret ways. Mommy was very bad. Some men are coming to kill us. We're going to kill them first. Then we'd better get ready. Welcome to Scotland. <laughs> Temporary suspension from field work. Something to do with killing 007. Well, you gave her your best shot. I read your obituary of me. And? Appalling. Did call you an exemplar of British fortitude. No, it was all right. I'm your new quartermaster. You must be joking. Not exactly Christmas, is it? Are you expecting an exploding pen? We don't really go in for that anymore. It won't open. Of course it will. Put your back into it. Why don't you come down here and put your back into it? Let's see what you've got for us, Mr. Silver. I will. What do you say to that? <sighs> it's a waste of good scotch. Only a certain kind of woman wears a backless dress with a Beretta 70 strapped to her thigh. I feel naked without it. Don't touch your ear. Oh, dog. You trip. Are you going to complain the whole way? Oh, go on then, eject me. See if I can. What do you see? Bloody big ship. The whole office goes up in smoke and that bloody thing survives. Your interior decorating tips have always been appreciated, don't they, sir? See what she's done to you? Well, she never tied me to a chair. Her loss. Open the door. Duh.